0: Your Majesty will pay whatever price you set for your goods. They are not for sale. Until the spiritual advancement of the West catches up to their technological prowess, it would be irresponsible to share our scientific discoveries with you. Are you calling everyone here irresponsible children? No. More like sullen teenagers who feel more mature than their behavior warrants. The fact that every conversation here is framed in terms of profit And power says it all. You could have made half these breakthroughs yourself, but there's too much money to be made in misery. Why cure a disease when people pay for medicine? Why provide cheap energy Yeah, we get the point, (laughs) Tachaka. I've never met a socialist with a crown on his head before, but I guess there is a first time for everything. Who gave you permission to use my first name? I-I am sorry. I did not mean to offend. I understand your frustration in dealing with a black man who can't be bought with a truck full of guns, a plane full of blondes, and a Swiss bank account. But please, hold on to what little class you have. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound but of mind, mind a journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, AfroNerd Radio, with your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast Correspondent, Miss Claire Linnet. Mind Expansion
1: Engaged.
2: Good evening, folks. It's that time again, the Grindhouse podcast time. You also know it's time to call in with your questions, your queries, your protestations, your statements, your settlements, (laughs) whatever you like to discuss. It's okay here. Nevertheless, you know the the deal with the number. It's 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. As always, we're giving it to you live and direct, talking about all good stuff in the pop culture, pulp culture world. Um, We've got to talk about a number of things. One, um, Lost in Space, the reboot, finally made it to Netflix. I checked out all 10 episodes, and there are a number of things that we have to discuss with this property, and something that... um, the the woman that does her show, uh, I think it's called Beyond the Trailer, on YouTube, she brought something to my attention that was such a no-brainer that I never connection before with Lost in a Space. So, we'll get into that. We've got to talk about the Incredibles 2 trailer, Solo. I, I had really disinterest in the Solo prequel, talking about Han Solo, but... Um, after after having seen The second solo trailer I'm actually somewhat Interested I also fail to talk about this Quote unquote Black Rorschach character And this new Watchmen Sequel of sorts uh, A print sequel, Doomsday Clock The graphic novel series So we've got to talk about that So anyway, let, let's do what we always do people You know, a chief Cog in this machinery. We deal with black rock music, alternative urban music, Afro punk, and so forth. I mean, you know the spiel as well, but listen, Cardi B's album was just released, I think, last week or maybe this past week, and everyone's having such a hullabaloo. I also believe, uh, what is that? Uh, Nicki Minaj's album was also released. Uh, Chun Li. Now, (laughs) where's the cultural appropriation? Argument with this woman of color, black woman specifically. I think of Trinidadian extraction, uh, usurping a, a kind of Asian name and Asian aesthetic. No one's saying anything about that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, let's go to this groove, people. I'm going to actually be a somewhat self-indulgent, and then we'll get to newer stuff. This is a Prince cut, but you knew that. I'm always playing Prince. I, I will probably probably play. More prints as we revisit the Purple Room, something we, we came up with, uh, simply because uh, next week will be the what's second year of his passing. Anyway, this is an unreleased cut called Nine to Five People. Prince, we'll be right back. Let's groove. Right, folks, just a taste, once again 9 to 5, by his royal Badness, unreleased Prince, straight from the vault Anyway people, let's get into this Captain, you know what time it is It's the AfroNerd Radio Grindhouse time Once again I'm going to have to beam you down and Into or onto The grounds of the Wakandan Embassy Let's get to it, sir
0: Space
3: Next Sunday, I believe. Please make a note of it.
2: Let's go. Um, actually, uh, it doesn't something come on this weekend. Something else is besides uh Lost in Space. Obviously, it came on Friday, but something else, uh, something else is uh, of interest. I'll look it up in a minute, but I, I do recollect something is actually coming on. I think tonight, perhaps. uh I think also, I think Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh, we know from um. Grey's Anatomy. She has some kind of British, British um, spy thriller TV series that seemed to be somewhat interesting. I was excited when I first heard about her involvement in it, and I think it's probably available now. You know, there's like a six-hour difference between uh, the states and across the pond, so there there are a number of things, as always, popping off. Um, you know, during behind the scenes, Captain, we were speaking. Uh, a little bit more blue. <laughs> uh, that's for the after dark show. If 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 or when, I think it's going to be more of a win when we get that going. But just for a few seconds, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of controversy with this situation happening in Philadelphia, and the gentlemen that were in uh, this establishment, this um, establishment, they were just hanging around, waiting for a business associate. And they were told to leave. They were, they were, yeah, they were essentially told to leave. They refused to leave. The cops were called. Then they ended up being arrested. And then, you know, charges were dropped because there was really nothing going on. And I have kind of a mixed feeling about that situation. One is, uh, cross racially in New York, you know, you and I have both seen individuals that were told to leave when they don't pay. Um, it's kind of a kind of a known thing now you're not supposed to bring up people's appearances you're going to be called um you know respectability politics and all that kind of stuff it's, you know you can't do that, but I did take a look at these gentlemen they didn't look the, they didn't look the best in my opinion not that you should be wearing a, a, a top hat and tails I don't think that's what's going on, but I've gone to Starbucks with friends even when I didn't really want to Hang around there I would buy something I don't know if you are in business Why wouldn't you get a cup of coffee So you It, it just looks better To buy a, a hot chocolate or something And you're kind of waiting around for a few minutes Cross your legs Relax Am, am I off key? You know, we'll move on to the to the pulp stuff But We may have to dig deeper on um Wednesday's show But
3: Listen, I've seen guys go in a bar and buy one beer every 3 hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just
3: cause they wanted to hang out for a while, man. It's like, Yo, what is this guy doing? He said, "Yeah, he, he got a drink in front of him. Can't do anything." You know? <laughs> every, every 3 hours. But let me just just share my experience briefly. All right? I've been in New York City. And at the time, have a suit on. I run into a bar cuz I want to piss. First thing I do, I said, where's your bathroom? Give me a rum and Coke. All in one breath. You know, I didn't really want the rum and Coke, but it's early. It's going to only gonna be like six bucks. Boom. That's so they can't tell me, oh, the bathroom is just for paying customers. They're very good and very quick at doing that. And when you go into some of these establishments, they have the sign up. Other places don't have it up. So something that you know that you, when you step into these stores, you have to buy something. Another time, <clears throat> I was in like a deli, and it was a quote-unquote, I, I have to go there, a man from Nigeria, and he was there working behind the counter. And I was talking to somebody that I was with. Say, said, yeah, I need to use the bathroom. And he said, you want to use the bathroom? I said, yeah, but, you know, I know you don't have a bathroom here for patrons. He said, don't worry about it. Again, I was dressed in a suit, though. I was dressed in a suit. He took me to a backside, which is where they go use the bathroom. And he allowed me to use the bathroom, and then I stepped out. You see? You see? You see there? So you, you have a couple of different things happening. Another time, I'll share this quickly, it was where a hotel had a suit on. The sign was visible that the bathroom, as you where, where they had the hotel, the bathroom is for... People who are staying in the hotel. I said, let me try my luck anyway. It was a white guy this time. White guy looked me up and down. I said, yeah, you don't look like you're you're gonna be any problem. Go right ahead, buzz me in. Used it and I left. I came back later, six seven hours later, tried to pull the same trick. Black woman working. She followed the rules. The signs. She said, those signs right there, I, you know, I would like to let you, but I can't. I said, okay, no problem. Not a problem. Went on my way. A lot of times I've seen in these different stores, whether it's Starbucks, they throw white people out of the place, too, for doing that shenanigans, trying to sit down and don't have cake or coffee. They throw them out. I've seen it. Get out of here. <laughs> so, you know, I can't say it's a racial thing. I say it's probably a business policy thing, and a place like that they're supposed to have the sign visible. You know, that's
2: all I'm saying. Back over to
1: you,
3: one of those
2: those dudes. First of all, uh, I have nothing against beards, but I know Philly has like this thing with these, you know, Philly and Beyond. Uh, They have these 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 Hasidim-esque beards that young black men of color are – young men of color are wearing, you know, these, these long beards. Um, the other cat, his hair was like in plaits or something, and he was wearing gym clothes, and he looked a little, you know, looked a little shaky. Uh, you know, if you're going to be honest, I mean, if you're not doing anything – I mean, I think, I think their appearance had a lot to do with the, with the employees feeling a certain way, that, but you can't have that discussion. I spoke to the to the I spoke to the oracle earlier. And the or, okay. And the oracle, okay, let me tell you something about the oracle. Here we go. He, this this is this is um listen, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, obviously, but he's really on himself. All he all he does about talk about is how well-received he is and how people treat him differently than a common negro. That's like his hobby, <laughs> how he's different than everybody else. So so he's, he always, he's always asking me in wonderment, why are all these black folks having problems when I don't have these problems? That's what, that's, and he said to me – this is earlier today. He said to me, if we're going to be honest, some people have a certain kind of face that's either welcoming
3: <laughs> or not welcoming. That's true, though. That's true. Okay? That's true. All right, <laughs> but honest, you can't have those conversations. You can't have those well, conversations. I, so. <laughs> listen,
2: listen. I I have the kind of face where people come up to me as if I can fix their problems. I don't know what this <laughs> is. I don't know why it is. Cross racially. Listen, matter of fact, I now explain to me. I have been dressed in gym clothes when X hats were hot. I'm wearing an X hat. Six foot two, right? Uh, and you know, I've been in, in, in banks where white women will come, will just turn around. So what about? So what do you think about Bush and, and or whatever? What do you think about o- Obama doing a, a blah 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 blah? Or you know, some sophisticated question? I'm like, what? Why don't you think I'm Jayquan? Like what? Why, would you ask Jayquan? Like how do you know? So when what, when white folks pretend like they don't know or can't discern, some of that's <laughs> not being honest. The, the that's 100. And, and I think um, my parents saw a picture of you. And they said he looks pretty clean looking. So these, these are the things you know. You, you people have a certain look. Now I believe our friend from Philly.
3: I don't think. Oh, there we go. Yeah,
4: no, I no, This go. is this is
3: business. Hey, you can't talk
4: about that, man. No, well, you can't talk no, no, about
1: listen, that. Listen, look, my friend. They just needed friend? to have
3: a sign. You have to buy something. You know, well, well, the, the the seating the seating is for paying customers. They didn't pay. We get out. That's it. We do we do heavy analyses here.
2: Now I have to admit, the first time I saw our friend Q Storm, the first thing I looked at this, at this man was like, hmm, he's, he has a middle class looking face, middle class looking face. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, he knows it, he knows it. He he speaks with a certain uh, intona- intonation, intonation. He does I would I would know his name is not uh, Raekwon
1: the Damage. There we go.
2: <laughs> okay, I just, I, just, I just had to. I, look, if I didn't know him. He is—he has an approachable look. Some—it's not that every black Listen, there's some black folks I'm never gonna approach ever, male and female. <laughs> not gonna happen. I told you I went to Fridays. I went to Fridays to pick up some food weeks ago, and it's, and, and I went. To, I not I, I went to pick up food, not to eat in this fashion because it's, it's been overrun by lower tier
1: Women, <laughs> Here we go.
2: Tattoos, scars on faces wild wild uh weeds that are being worn like you know it, it's come on now. Come on now. Let me bring in our friend. <laughs> and then we're gonna have more for a minute. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about this blurred stuff. We're gonna talk we are gonna talk about um a loss of space, aka Fantastic Four. <laughs> that connection there. Fantastic four might have some problems. This is my opinion. Anyway. Uh, let me, let's bring our friend from uh, PodcastJuice.net. dot net.
3: Here we go. Here the we Prince, go. The
2: the Premier Prince podcast. They put it at, They put it one hundred. Um, he, they're they are interviewing folks that I've always wanted to hear from since childhood. So much respect for what they're doing over there. Uh, old girlfriends of Prince. I mean, you know, for, former former. Uh, Former keyboarders, the whole nine—they—they—they they, they, they getting the whole family uh, for for for, um, for for historical purposes. Uh, I have to give them props, to that. and of course, uh, Rick Redshirts podcast. Let me bring him in. Q Storm.
5: Yeah, let me let me first say, <clears throat> uh, as much as I'd like to take credit, I am not really—I I would call myself a member of the Podcast Juice family, but I, I really don't have a part to play in the Prince podcast. In case Michael Dean's listening, I'm not trying to take credit for that. I haven't paid AfroNerd to say any of that stuff. That's all Michael (laughs) Dean. Uh, I I come in on the Michael Dean show, but it's all good. Now, having said that, uh, you're trying to lose some listeners tonight, ain't you? (laughs) Go
6: ahead. (laughs) You're trying to lose some listeners
5: tonight, huh? Uh, I don't think Raekwon's are listening. Go ahead. Well, let me just say this. Because uh, I know you don't really want to dwell on this topic. I'm, uh, I get the sense that you just brought it up to comment on it since it's in the news. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be brief, unless you want to extend it out. I've been at Starbucks many times. I've been at uh, <clears throat> uh, Barnes and Fools many times and many coffee shops a number of times, uh, including Amalgam Philly, uh, the back bookstore owned by uh, Ariel. I forget her last name. Johnson?
2: Johnson, right, Johnson.
5: I see white folks come in there with their laptops, and they might as well have, like, tents or huts staked out there because they sit there and they treat it like like their own library, and they treat it like their own Wi-Fi hotspot. And they sit there for – I mean, I've, I've taken my son to Barnes & Noble. He can't make a decision about what book he wants to get. I mean, I'm proud that he wants so many books. He can't. It takes him. We're in there minimum 45 minutes, and these folks are still sitting there, and no cops ever arrived on the scene. So that, that's all I want to say now. If you want to get into it deeper, I'm prepared, but I don't know. If you, I don't know if you want to continue to expound on that. Well, I
2: don't. I don't think it's really that deep. I think that. And listen, I, I'm truly aware. Of the legality and the insurance aspect of this kind of stuff, and the optics. I think the optics, the optics are very favorable for these for these gentlemen for their hanging around. Now, uh, what you said is I, I'm not dis- I'm not discounting it. I, I've seen it myself. The the issue is these people have the air of credibility, and we could throw in the whiteness too. But I think it has more to do with their their, their credibility. With the laptop, they have everything kind of looking like they're serious people, where they're not going to be asked to necessarily leave. Someone's looking at them. But, you, but if you, if you look us. kind of like, if you look a little like, if you look like you don't belong there, people are going to start, you know, inquiring. Which I don't know. I, listen, I don't know if it's fair or not. But if you look on the vagrant side of the game, then someone's going to probably ask you, "Listen, what are you doing?" Now, these the the, the, the story that I'm I, the problem I have. Q really is. Uh, these gentlemen appear to be involved in some kind of real estate venture, which sounds very good. As far as a bio, if you listen to if you listen to the if you if you were to read how this how this is set up, it seems pretty legitimate. Like, okay, you have guys prepared to do business who, who would not want to do business at a Starbucks? That makes sense. But why not buy a hot a hot chocolate or a cup of coffee or you know something to just sell, it just looks more legitimate. You I mean you know what is that? A couple so, of bucks. Know, do we know?
6: How,
5: do we do we know how long they were sitting there?
2: Well, yeah, see, I said we don't know.
5: Okay. I don't so know. I can't so I, I can't accuse them. I can't make that judgment of why not buy something. If they were if they were sitting there 5 minutes waiting for someone, I'm not going to say why didn't you buy? If they're sitting there for an hour, okay. I can see that. But I I don't know if any brothers are going to sit anywhere for an hour and not keep it moving. They were waiting for someone. So, I, my, my mind ultimately thinks they were waiting for someone to arrive to buy their drinks and conduct their business. Well, let, okay. When, when, I go, when, I go to a, when I go to a restaurant expecting a second party, not, I tell them I have someone else coming, I'll order them. Boom. Keep but moving. But
2: do you, do, you really, do you really think that those guys looked like professionals, that they would have been asked, even black, that they wouldn't ask to leave? That they would have been Do you think they would have Do you think that the the alarms would have gone off with with them, but like they looked at, when you saw them they looked a little like street urchins
6: it is.
5: Well, i i i I'll say this if your question is do I think they would have been actually leave if they looked more professional no, but that I well, put that on the management, not on them, they have every right to be there
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah, th- they—they—I mean, they're,
5: they're, you don't have rights in a private property. I, I understood, but there was no reason they—they—they sh- they, they couldn't have been there. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, I, I think. What? <laughs> I, I think. I think what happened was these are employees. They felt a little nervous, and they went full tilt. Um, and the optics are poor. And it's going to be a big hullabaloo. And and these guys, if they're smart, they're probably going to get get an attorney and work it out. So, but I I do think that appearance matters. Not that you have to be dressed to the nines every time. You you can wear sport clothes and still look like, you know, look normal. But when you start going into this, you know, looking like really like you're off the street, then people, you're you're asking people to wonder what your motives are. But. But, you know, I've, allegedly I've seen, this, allegedly, seen, this kind of conversation is, isn't real. I've seen you – no, know, it is
5: real. It, it, I'm not saying that, but I've seen white folks in Starbucks, you know, with uh, sweatshirts, a little like Bill Belichick, raggedy sweatshirts, jeans yeah. that look, look a little transient, and still, cops never came. Yeah,
2: well, you, feel you me know, listen, it, I hear you. Listen, I hear you. It, it, it is a balancing act. Because I think what you're saying is very valid. I'm not here to, to uh, you know, discredit reality. But we, listen, we know that white folks are kind of given that extra – that little bit of extra credibility that black folks do not have. That's what I the, – the, the entirety – you've been listening to the program for years now. That's what I've been trying to say is that, well, who doesn't know this? You know what I mean? This is what, this is what it is. You have to work in those parameters. But, hey, get your, get your, uh, your lawyers on speed dial. Then, you know, work it out that way. It's gonna be worked out. Hopefully if they're smart. All right. Well, I want
6: to ask what you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, I gonna well, you know, that's what I think. I, I'm I'm in the middle on it. You know, part of me feels like it if I never see the, the the uh the bespectacled um a button down, khaki wearing a brogue wearing <laughs> black person being pulled out like that.
5: That's that that, that, that's when you you would pull me in. You haven't followed Chris Rockett and pulled over by the police how many times? I mean Starbucks or Highway, it's the same thing.
2: Uh, I don't think it's the same thing. I think I think a a a high profile man in a six figure car yeah, you, you, you might get pulled over. That I mean that's that's not listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not discounting the situation. I think these situations happen and you better realize that and figure out how to survive these encounters. I tell you right now, uh, the intelligence was able to to pierce through with these gentlemen because they, they left without incident. So that it could have gotten real funky, and then we would have been having another conversation. So you handle it, and you get your you get your your, your high five figure, or maybe six figure settlement. I'm just saying.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: That's, that's, well, hey, that's, I mean, it's the reality. We're working it. Trump is president. <laughs> it, even, it gets even worse. Folks, this is The Grindhouse. You're listening to, of course, yours truly. We have uh, Q Storm from PodcastJuice.net, the red shirts, and, of course, my partner in white-collar crime, Captain Kirk. Uh, I, I want to keep Q on, of course, and I, I want to talk about um, the latest reboot to hit Netflix, Lost in Space. Um. I have to admit, I enjoyed it with some issues. The, the expense of it, though, is what really got me. Now, if, if, for those who may not be aware of Lost in the Space, and Lost in Space is this long-standing uh, TV series that, go, that goes back more than 50 years. I think in 1965 is when we first saw, well, I was not around in 65, but that's when uh, it, it, it came to, to uh, the public. Public consciousness, and actually, Lost in Space was was more popular than Star Trek, which I don't know if that many if too many people really understand that. What what was problematic about Lost in Space was that um, the first episode, the pilot, was very serious. It had a very serious tone to it. It could have it could have essentially been even more. Uh, I don't know more more akin to um, Star Trek with, with the theme. But then it went into more of a campy, you know, uh, goofy kind of thing. Kind of a, a Swiss family Robinson, even though the, the name is Robinson, <laughs> ironically. But well, you have these, this family that's essentially uh, abandoned in space, trying to get back home. So uh, that premise has been around for quite a bit. You have the, the series that lasted for three years in the 60s, then you had a 1998 movie, which looked like it could have been something, but it was, I thought it was horrible. Matt LeBlanc was in there. Um, Gary Oldman, I believe, played uh, uh, Dr. Smith. Uh, there's even another series that looked pretty promising, a, a uh, John Woo direct TV series for the CW, or I should say WB. And that only went to a, went to a pilot. I have yet to see that pilot. It came out in 2003, and that was heavily. Actually, it's been since then. You know, up today, up to this date, people have been talking about the Wu film as being pretty decent. I mean, who wouldn't want to see a John Woo directed Lost of Space film? I mean, on paper, that sounds badass. Uh, and again, I have yet to see the pilot, but what I've been reading, they say, yeah, hey, you know what? It's pretty good. So now. We're back at it again, and this time we have it on Netflix. Um, I'm not. I'm going to defer to the captain, and we'll go around. Go around the horn. I see that Sergio Mims is in the house. Uh, perhaps he might have. He might be aware of this uh, Netflix series. I'm not sure. Captain, did you, did you get a chance to check out any of Lost in Space?
3: I watched two episodes. Two episodes, and I, I pretty much thought. You know, I said, okay, it's all right. You know, the thing thing with me, a lot of this sci-fi stuff, a lot of it, as far as the sci-fi is concerned, a lot of it just seems the same to me. That's just what it is. That's where I am right now. So what I'm looking for is the interaction between the characters and have the sci-fi background. So, So thus far, there's only one character I like. I like the father. 'Cause he has that stress on his face. Like you know, he was strangely casted correctly. Everybody else so far is interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. But him, I said, okay, they got the right guy with that. That's that stressed fathered look. I've been through a lot. So at this point, just two episodes in, of course you need more. I think it's alright. I'm not blown away by anything or anything like that. I think it's all right. I think it's worth a watch. That's where I am at the given point. Two episodes in. Back to you, sir.
2: QStorm, did you get a chance to check out any, even if you had the interest, to check it check out Lost in Space?
5: Uh, I never was a Lost in Space fan. The episodes that I would watch it just seemed so stupid with that robot running around and the campy doctor, what was his name?
3: Doctor Smith. I remember.
5: But yeah, the actor was brilliant. I mean he, he played that role very well, but it just seemed so silly to me. And then when the movie came out, what was that,
6: 1995
5: or something? Mm-hmm. I went into it. I'm like, okay, I want to give – because just like Star Trek, I wasn't a fan of Star Trek until I saw Star Trek two. So I was like, all right, <clears throat> let me go check this out. I walked out of that movie. What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I felt so bad for Matt LeBlanc. Because <laughs> uh, I think he went on to do a movie with an ape. I'm not really sure. Um but when I saw this, I was like, okay, I'll check it out, but I'm not impressed. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, no. Yeah, you know,
2: I would, I would suggest you take a look at it because there's some things going on that, that are of interest. Um, well, first of all, I find it funny that when you go on Twitter and you see some folks' reaction to it, you know, um, because we are in a certain place now where we are more conscious of uh, multicultural casting, this was done better than the FF film Reboot from a few years ago That was, that was notoriously bad uh, In this case you have An uh, actress of color Who's playing Judy Robinson Taylor Russell I believe is the actress Canadian, Black Canadian actress And my first reaction was Okay she's the, the, the black child But you could clearly see I could see that either she was adopted Or this was from a previous relationship I didn't have to go that deep into it At some point later on, it's pretty pretty explained, and it is is explained exactly that way, that, um, you know, uh, she's the oldest, and therefore she was there uh, as as the the woman's child, and then uh, the new husband comes in and adopts her. But, I mean, you know, you can kind of figure it out. I mean, you, you have... This type of stuff happening in real time. It's not like it's not what's happening today. So, that wasn't the part that, that took me out of it. Uh, I thought that, again, we're, we're thinking this is Netflix. I mean, we're used to Star Trek Discovery and how that looks and the expense of it. And this is kind of sort of up there. So, these streaming services are actually outdoing a network television. And how they're putting together this stuff, and how expensive it looks, and expansive—it, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, you know, I, when you look at the the original, the original Lost in Space, I mean, you look at it for what it is. It was campy. Uh, I, again, I find it interesting that if, if one were to look at the old one and look at the pilot episode from '65, it has a completely different tone. It, it's it—they it just flipped the script for some reason. They went into this campy way where it was, you know, Danger Will Robinson, there's some of that, you know, they they do shout out to that reference in this movie. But Danger Will Robinson, you have uh, the kind of, of foppish Zachary Smith, Dr. Zachary Smith, who was always, you know, you never looked at him as really a sinister person. He was more of just a person trying to get over, and he was somewhat harmless, and everyone was in on the joke, and everyone knew what his personality was. What makes this turnabout, Interesting is that Parker Posey, the actress Parker Posey from Days, Days to Confuse years ago. Uh, that's when we first audiences first became familiar with the actress. She really is uh, j- just her. <laughs> she is the you know again the, the gender swapping. She's now the uh, Doctor Smith, and actually she assumes the identity of Doctor Smith. So I don't. I, that's another thing. So uh, you're going to have to look at the film. But the way she plays up against the other actors and has them just spinning around, I mean, she is a sociopath. And when you see how she's able to, she's all about self-preservation. I've, I've, I've really seen a character like this. She is, you want to look away because she's so effing disturbing how she's able to lie in front of people's faces. You know, oh, no, that's not what happened. You know, you know uh, so-and-so did this, which is a complete falsehood. She, she will have back-to-back lies, constantly having people off balance. That is pretty, pretty masterful. So if there's anything about this, this TV series, it's her characterization. Her characterization, the CGI is off the chain. The robot is problematic. The robot is good up to a point. And then, at, and then at some point you say, okay, it's a dude walking around in a suit. You know, so that, that's what gets me. That's the only thing. The, the expense of everything, and then you fall short with this robot. That bothers me. But I would say that it's the price of admission simply because of Parker, Poser, Park, Parker Posey's Dr. Smith character and just the way this thing looks. Now, if they improve... From this first season If they get a second season I wouldn't think they would not get a second season They get a second season uh, Especially the way that it ended We have no idea where they're going to go from this point now So I I found it I found it compelling I will say it's far superior Than the 98 movie Which isn't difficult It's it's excellent for TV streaming
5: What network is it on? Or what streaming service? Netflix Oh so Netflix so they release all the episodes
2: at once, like they typically do? Oh, yeah. All ten episodes. Okay.
5: And it's, it, there's actually
2: a smattering of actors and actresses, or I should say actors, now it's, you know, the gender thing. Actors of color that also have some pretty integral roles. So I, I, I thought it was, it was done a little bit different then. Cause because with, with the original series, it really was – about the Robinsons and the Robinsons kind of encountering aliens. And it, it, it was very similar to Star Trek in a way. But in this situation, at least the first 10 episodes, it's a colony of of explorers. And actually, I, I did want to mention one other, other thing too that I did not think of before. But uh, from beyond the trailer, the, the young woman that does beyond the trailer on YouTube, her own YouTube imprint, she had brought up the fact that you know, we're waiting for this Fantastic Four film, and she said, "You know, she, really, the way this family—of course, it's more than four family members—but you get the drift. A family of adventurers going off into space. The way that they interacted, um, the 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 CGI part of it. There was a lot of FF isms in there that I didn't nec- I didn't necessarily think of." lost the space as, a, as kind of a, as a, as a connection to Fantastic Four, but now I can see it, that if you're going to do a Fantastic Four film, it would have to have that kind of explorer element in there. So I thought, I thought that if, you know, this, I, she believe, I believe she mentioned some other film. There's a few films that might take the shine off of a Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, The Incredibles. She said between The Incredibles 2 sequel which I actually like what I'm seeing, even though it's animated. I like that. And this, and this uh, loss of space, it kind of takes up the, the space for the – being derivative. It takes up the space for a Fantastic Four somewhat. You may not be, you may not be as enthused about wanting to see a Fantastic Four film when you've got these two things rolling around. Let's go to um, Sergio Mims, Chicago, Ser- Sergio Mims. Sergio? Um,
4: no, I, actually I was calling about Starbucks, but in terms of Lost in Space, um, I haven't. I, I didn't see it. I, I have seen the trailer. Um, I remember the show as a kid. I hated the show as a kid. I couldn't stand it.
6: Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> because every time I watched the show, it always seemed to be that they found some way to get back to Earth, and then Dr. Smith would screw it up. And it always used to irritate me as a kid. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> um, you okay, know, also as a kid. He was kind of zesty in that role. Oh, of oh yeah. What are we going to do? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, after hearing what you said, maybe I'll take a chance on it. I'll take a look.
2: Sergio, Parker Posey. How, Parker Posey, um, Parker Posey for you is the business. Yeah. This woman is so evil. <laughs> you know, okay. it's, it's like. She's all about self-preservation. She doesn't give a f about anybody else. It's not—it's not like at least you could look at the, as you just said, foppish kind of a feet, you know. Oh dear, you know, it was—it was—he was, kind of, it was, he was the, yeah. the white Urkel of his day. Like every like, these yeah. TV shows had, like uh, either it was a child actor or something, you know, or or JJ it uh, uh, J. Evans. It's somebody. It's so <laughs> compelling to the audience. They they would—they would, they would, they would uh, let, let that person run the whole situation. And the other actors have to kind of fall in line around that actor, you know, so that's what you're talking about, but I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: yeah, um, yeah, so um, I'm curious to see it now uh, i will say this, and maybe I'm going off subject a little bit, but you mentioned it on the list of things to talk about, is uh, the passing of Miller foreman yes, um, the director uh who passed away just a few days ago at the age of eighty six did not have a long credit list of credits. He only really directed 10 movies in 40 years. But some of those are absolute gems, and he is truly was one of the last humanist directors. Of course, maybe his most well-known movie, or maybe his two best-known movies, are um, Once Amadeus. Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus. But you also should check out his earlier Czech movies, particularly... Um, Uh, The Fireman's Ball, and uh, his first American movie, Taking Off, which he made in the early 70s. And uh, it's a really interesting movie about a middle-class couple trying to get hip with the current times. Uh, This is a great loss. I mean, he was a great filmmaker. Not, like I said, a huge body of work, but he also has a connection with... uh, superhero movies, and what's the connection? Do you know? Uh,
2: You got me on that one. What is the the connection on that?
4: Well, in the late 70s, while he was making movies, he uh, became... um, uh, He taught film at um, Columbia Columbia University in New York City Mm -hmm. Uh, when he was portrayed. And later he became Professor Emeritus at Columbia University. And one of his... A uh, protege with James Mangold. Oh, of course okay. later went on to direct many movies, including Three Ten to Yuma, and of course uh, the last two Wolverine um, movies, uh, I mean Wolverine, and also Logan. Hmm. Well, and, I And uh, James Mangold has, if you, on Twitter, has been just. Been writing pieces about what, how much uh, Miller's Foreman meant to him and uh, meant to him, and the fact that he would not be where he is today, and you would not have the movies that you enjoy so much if it wasn't for Miller's Foreman and the influence he had on his life as a young film student.
2: Well, yeah, listen, I, listen you would know, our resident cineast. But the thing that that pops off for me with Foreman is. When you think about um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I mean, sometimes, it, sometimes it's only about a couple of films. Maybe, I mean, you, you just said it. He didn't really have a large breadth of work. Right. But what he did, we're still talking about it. I mean, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is something that would be studied by film students, I would think. I mean, it's, it's amazing. piece. It's, it's disturbing. Uh, I mean, it's – and plus, the, the, the total force of the actor's – Involved. I mean, they were young actors back then. But when you think of uh, Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd, uh, Jack Nicholson at, 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 his, at his height or his, at his height of his powers, even I think Scatman Crothers was even in there. I mean, yes. uh, j- just, you know, just to see the treatment. Also, it, would, you know, it, it, it tapped into the treatment of the, the infirm, of the mentally troubled. And, um, and in the case of Jack Nicholson, I mean, he, that character really wasn't mentally you know what what happened to him was problematic if i remember correctly uh which also was a yes. thing when they wanted yes. to shut you up even even presidents have been known to do that to their daughters. shout out to jfk uh, uh, that,
4: well well president's fathers have been known to do that yeah, to their
2: daughters. That's true. yes that's <laughs> true you know and, and, and when you and they thought that she was like um of slow intellect and then you see her writings no, 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 no. It has something self. to do with
4: intellect. It's just that she didn't want to be. We're talking about the Kennedy family. Right. Uh, she, The father, Joe Kennedy, basically had her lobotomized because, you know, in the Kennedy families, women were supposed to shut up and have babies. And um, she was rebellious and definitely her own person. And Joe Kennedy didn't like that. So the story family is that – she had a mental problem, and they were misled by doctors that this would kill her. The reality was that they, you know, Joe Kennedy wanted to shut her up.
2: Yeah, you know this, and, and uh, there was references to electroshock therapy. Well, yes, bon- yeah, she was
4: is... a bomb. She electroshock therapy mm-hmm. and that was that was coming for a lot of women uh, back then. You know, back at that time. All, it, it just took the husband's consent to have his wife put in a mental institution, regardless of her real mental state.
2: Well, that aspect in the film, the lobotomy that uh, the the Jack Nixon character has—I mean, I mean everything about that film, just the, just the way that the, the actors—again, they were young actors back then. This is in the mid '70s. It was uh, it was an amazing film. I mean, just. Completely, and we again—it's—it's a—it's a reference point that we see to this day. So it is um, it's messed up that these these giants are leaving, you know. So
4: well, he was eighty six. You know, um, they are going, um, but they are getting older, and um, but their films will live on, and their legacy will live on. Uh, one thing I do want to mention uh, is that as I tweeted to you today, what. Black Panther has done so far at the box office, and also the fact that um I think and I have to write about this we are we have definitely entered what I call a third renaissance in black cinema I think without question about that uh the the first there was black cinema from the silent era to the late forties, the race right. movies, and then there was a years of wilderness where nothing happened. Then in the early seventies, we had that brief period of the black rotation films and um, uh, gosh, Melvin Van Peebles and all that. And then once again, we kind of it was in the wilderness. And then in the mid eighties, we had Spike Lee. And Singleton and that went on For a decade and then, another, and then again We had year, a couple of years of wilderness uh, I'm not Counting Tyler Perry Okay
6: yeah.
4: <laughs> Now we have A really extraordinary Time in black cinema And Of I, and I think it's because We have all these incredibly young Filmmakers who are coming in Who are not bound By traditions of the past uh, We've got Ryan Coos, you've got Ava DuVernay You've got uh, You know, I, I, well, I'm programming to, Of course, there's a 24th year of the Black Harvest Film Festival We are getting submissions like crazy And you should see some of the movies That are coming in, which are extraordinary Of course, you've got Boots Riley And uh, Sorry to Bother You Right. Um, a really Intriguing movie, which I've seen Which is coming out later this summer Called A Boy, A Girl And His Dream which I think the title will be changed. It's basically sort of like a black film version of Richard Linklater's um, Before Sunset. Mm-hmm. Those movies starring um, Megan Good and Omar Hardwick.
6: I'm already but there. Two
4: people, <laughs> yeah, two people who meet. The thing about it, it's done in one take.
2: Really? I mean, now, some people have compl- see-
4: some people some people
2: have complained about Megan Good not necessarily being a great actress. So, what do you see her in this? What right. do you see
4: her in this? She's finally got a role where she plays actually a real dimensional person.
5: And I think I
2: heard her name was connected to something on Hulu. I think she had some kind of Hulu deal um some some I forgot what it was, but it sounded very interesting. Uh maybe historical piece uh, i have to look it up. But her name was Might a be. I have some to type. check
4: on that. I have to check on that. Yeah, this film has been picked up by Sandra Goldwyn. Uh, I think it's coming out this August or something. And um, you can see the cuts where, you know, they go up against somebody's back and then they pull out. So that's one cut. But basically it's done in like 13 long takes. And it's just two people who meet the night of the presidential election in 2016 and how they talk about their dreams and their lives. And I said, a movie like this probably would not have existed five years ago. Hmm. And, and and I think it's because filmmakers are different now. You've got new type of filmmakers. They're not emboldened by the past. They're getting away. It, look, if Tyler Perry's last movie still ain't doing, it actually it's a flop. It's a box office flop acrimony. Then something has changed.
2: Oh, this is something that's going to be of interest to you, uh, Sergio, especially. Um, allegedly, she's been tapped to be Foxy Brown on Hulu, Megan Good.
4: Oh, that's it. Uh, you know how I feel about that. No one can replace.
1: Penny. I don't know. No
4: one. <laughs> I, I know. And you I know what? You just. I, I mean, three days ago, I just watched Coffee again because I just got on Blu-ray. I just had to watch it again, you know? And it's like, you know, you can try, you can, well, it's better than the idea they had like five or six years ago of doing a remake of Foxy Brown with Halle Berry. Ugh. That would have been a disaster.
2: Well, you
4: know what, I want to I wanna move
2: forward a little bit, and you might have been interested in this. I don't, know if, I, I don't know if you've seen this series, but I think the controversy connected to it is what fascinates me. I, I, don't, I don't know what to think, but this is where we are with social media and Twitter and people having opinions, and then, you know, they're they're performing, and then they find out there's an opinion that that some people don't like, and then they threaten to get people off the show. What am I talking about? There's a a series that I I actually like. I will say I am a sucker for coming-of-age movies, coming-of-age TV series. So there's a coming-of-age TV series on Netflix called On My Block, and it is uh, essentially coming-of-age teenagers – Living in the Los Angeles area, black and brown, and the friendship between these teenagers, and and the the, the things that they go through—it's it's played up for humor, but there's some serious beats in it as well. Now, I've been looking at it; it's, uh, ten episodes. And I think they just completed the first season, and they they might get a second second season because I'm hearing it's quite popular. So popular that. There is a Latina actress on there. Uh, Let me me be be clear. There's uh, two Latin gentlemen, two two Latin young men, one African-American and one Afro-Latina, and just a straight Latina actress that's on there. And what's going on is that her particular character, the Latina character, not the Afro-Latina, but the Latina character, her parents aren't able to come into the country. She is she's trying to get them she's trying to get her parents to come into the come into the country. She's missing her parents. So you're dealing with the whole DACA, the whole immigration struggle. All that's going on with her specific character. And it's it's a very integral part of the T V series with what she's going through. Missing her family and the whole thing. So the irony is that the actress they pulled out her tweets. Her tweets are all about pro-Trump. Like, she's not making any bones about her love for Trump. So people, so you have a, a fan base that say, "Listen, get rid of this actress. <laughs> get rid of her." Now, it just co- it may maybe it's coincidence—that she looks more Euro than everybody else. So the fact that she looks more Euro. And even though she is, I believe she is still a, a Latina, perhaps this is she has the convenience, I say in quotes, the convenience of being a Trump supporter. But the, the, the fan base are, are really weighing in saying, hey, And there's a, there's a scene with her, the, the final scene, not to give away anything, but there's a scene where it could be 50-50 whether she makes it out anyway. So it would be very convenient to get rid of this actress. But I I feel a certain way – I want the captain to weigh on this. I mean, again, I don't know if we can make demands on an actor for having an opinion about a sitting president, and then you lose your job because you you are not like your character. Cap, what are your thoughts about that?
3: Well, again – Actors are just actually acting. But we're in a space now, in this paradigm, that it's all about public opinion. Nothing else matters. It's not about facts. It's not about what you can do. It's not about 2 plus 2 equals 4. If public opinion says 2 plus 2 is 5 and it's strong enough and you you can bring that pain to the networks, networks don't necessarily like that negative publicity, then it starts to go south for you, just like that. That's what it's about. None of this stuff here that we're dealing with is really about facts most of the time. It's about partial truths, partial facts, or sometimes not facts at all. You know? That's just the reality of it. It's not a matter of right or wrong. As you said, you know, can we make an actor do this? No, you're not supposed to. We're not dealing with right or wrong. dealing with public opinion. That's it. That's where we are. That's what it is. So we just have to see how it shakes out. Based on public opinion <laughs> i tell you what, with Saver Donald Trump says, okay, I'm coming in there to do an episode Along
4: with us They would oh, love that because everybody's going to watch that <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think that uh, Yeah, this is, well, we're in different times now uh, I mean, you know, we've had Actors before who expressed their political beliefs uh, and on all sides of the aisle, you had you John Wayne and you had Jane Fonda. You know, uh, yeah. It, in many cases, it, it uh, there were people who couldn't stand it, but at the same time, um, they were still very successful, and the movies were still very successful. Um, even in despite their politics, people still went to see their movies. It's different now. Now everything is personal. Everything is. Everybody takes everything personally. I think what the actor should have done, uh... she should have been smarter. Uh, if she had this stuff, I don't know when she tweeted this stuff, but she would have been smart enough to delete it, knowing that it would cause a controversy because um, we're, we're in such a heated time now. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to her. Now, if the network decides, if Netflix decides to drop her, then of course I can see the right wing and the conservatives, you know, rallying to her side, calling her a victim to political correctness, and we can see that whole thing, you know, starting all over again. Well,
5: look, okay. well, I, I want to jump in. Sure, can
6: sure.
5: I? I just want to say
4: I don't begrudge this
5: woman her political views. I think they're ridiculous, but she has a right to, to, to her views, but i I really can't find any fault with the with the public because I can't take her i can't take her her, her film seriously I, I can't take her film seriously if she is a trump supporter because he <laughs> against everything that she her film is about uh, uh, it's the Clayton Yeah, i mean effect. i mean it, it is it is it is
2: weird because again you're talking about a whole kind of multiracial Young people's DACA, like all, 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 everything that shows about even beyond the the immediacy of her role i mean the, the the specifics of her role directly deal with immigration, so her character would not be a trump supporter but uh, but again, she is playing a part like when do you not have a life, when do you not have an opinion it's very very murky for some reason. We saw this with Black Panther with with Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan was allegedly dating a woman of Latin extraction, and she's fine too, coincidentally. <laughs> but th- that that was problematic because all of a sudden he's supposed to be down for the cause like Killmonger. It uh, when when the the, the, the camera stopped rolling.
4: Yeah, but that's good that enough it, to be false.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what is, we, I mean, listen. Let's,
3: let's say we. Let's say we go here, all right? You're an actor. You play a gay part, but you're not gay, all right? And you, and you, and you say, someone says, we need you to come out for, the, you know, for this gay support. And you say, I don't do that now. But he didn't say anything derogatory. He just said he doesn't do that now. He doesn't support those type of groups. And then these groups turn around and say, well, you shouldn't have him on the show. See what I'm saying? Same type of thing. Well look,
1: I, Even I don't though Trump is bigger
3: Trump is bigger Trump is definitely bigger Go
1: ahead,
3: go ahead, okay. Q
5: I guess I, I make
3: a distinction between that Because Trump is the leader of the free world Yeah, 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 yeah as I said people. Trump is bigger But it's analogous That's where we are Neither know. one of them as far as I'm concerned is correct But it's well, personal Just, and just, something just else. as Sergio said Something's personal
2: And something else, too, I mean, on paper, like for for a person not to support a president, that becomes a problem. He's an aberration. I said it clearly. He's an aberration. But it's very funny that you have all these fans coming out against this this girl because she tweeted out something, I don't know, maybe a year ago. I mean, you know, the the, the fact that you have people that have this much time to go through any given actor's comments before they got a gig. I think that's also big brotherism at its finest <laughs> that that's but I, I will, but i do f- i will say as a person who who's into the series, I was a little bit bothered by that too I was like damn you know, you're you're you are a latina pre- portraying this specific role and you're down with tr- but again she does she looks the more caucasian looking out of everybody in that show well i think
4: that's but I, that's, nice what, it all, that's
2: man. i i think I think that's the reason why she she can she can afford to to appeal to Trump or or to be um, she, I don't think she maybe she doesn't see herself as a Latina the way that her act that that her character does I don't know I'm, I, I think I, I found also, it very interesting and also by the
4: way well, exactly what is her what is her background because. Um, You know, Does she have a Mexican background Or does she have an Argentinian background That's a big difference You know In terms of uh, Her
6: politics
4: You know Does she have a Cuban background That's a huge difference
2: Yeah because if she's Cuban by way of Florida There's a lot of pro-Trumpers down there
4: Exactly So that, that You might be on to something no, but uh
2: You know, hey, people or- put
4: people put people put Hispanic Latinos in one big bag. And it's it's not true. There's a big difference between Mexicans and Cubans and uh Argentinians and Peruvians and Dominicans. I should know. Listen So listen, there's a huge difference between all that stuff, right? You just can't put it into with one Trump lump. Trump.
6: <laughs>
5: we're dealing with a president who called a lot of a shithole countries. He didn't make any Specification. So I doubt this is the president who differentiates between Cubans, Argentinians, Mexicans, Spaniards, or whatnot. So uh, we can dispense Yeah, it of all. course.
4: Um, of course. He – of course, you're right about that. He sees it that way, and his supporters, but not the actual people themselves. You know, a, a, a Cuban would say, well, he's not right. talking about me. He's but talking he, about those he, dirty Mexicans.
2: We might have an answer to your question. It's not really saying clearly what her ethnicity is. I mean, it it, it, it does say, of course, she, that she's Latin, but it, but the clue is she she was mostly born. Well, she was born in Boca Raton, and that when she started getting the acting and modeling gigs, that her family moved out to L.A. So if she's coming from Florida, she might Boca be Raton. from. The, she,
3: she's rich. <laughs> she,
2: well, well, Boca she Raton. Be, yeah. She's,
4: yeah.
2: She may be. You know, I I'll read this to you. Ron, her name is Ronnie Hawk. Ronnie Hawk. She's only 18 years old. Ronnie uh-huh. Hawk began dancing at age five. Blah, blah blah. When she turned 12, she entered acting and began appearing in various commercials. She began uh-huh. modeling in Florida until her coach suggested she expanded to acting. So she and her family moved to Los Angeles to pursue roles. Uh, so she's coming from Florida. She's probably of Cuban extraction. And yeah, Cuban's and, and then you,
4: you know, you think about you know, they still talk about. The colorism and the racism you see on Telemundo and Univision—you know, look at the people That's who true. appear on those shows. They all get the lightest, light people to appear on those shows on the on the tele, on the telenovas and the uh, the uh, the new shows and everything. Well, you you'll be hard pressed to find any dark-skinned people on Spanish-language television networks.
2: Well, like I said, I like the show, but the the, the main characters because she came in a little bit later on the series, the main characters are clearly brown and black kids. Mm
3: -hmm. This
2: character comes in and kind of disrupts it a little bit because she appears to be
3: the more Euro
2: out of everybody. And Mm -hmm. that explains why she's – because I'm like – when I first heard it, I was like, why the hell would she be, of all people, a Trump supporter? But then I also said, well, she looks the more more Euro where she could be passing, quote-unquote.
4: Yeah, and um, one other thing too. Can I just gotta give a shout out to Atlanta. Okay, let, this week's show wasn't great. Okay, it's maybe the weakest show they've ever done in two seasons. They were trying to go on that insecure tip, which is why it didn't work. But this show was so brilliant. Just want to talk about this is a new renaissance we got here, folks. Not just in film, but in television as well. Um, i I just the brilliance of that, that show just blows me away
2: well I, I, tried me to, away. I tried to see the the last episode, which is kind of out there. I'm going to have to look at it again
4: Terry um, Perkins
2: right that that character oh, that's I mean, brilliant. that 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 one's I don't know something about that I have to really look at it again because I, well, I was well, missing something. the premise
4: of the show was very simple it's It's basically the fact that and you probably got this that too many. Black people are the result of dysfunctional black families, which leads to tragedy. That was, you know, it starts off as a sort of get out, um, get out, um, a rip off with uh, or uh, who, uh, whatever happened to Betty Jane, uh, mm-hmm. uh, baby, um, whatever the baby Jane rip off as a horror comedy satire. But then it gets very dark. And then, really, at the end, it's about, you know, Michael Jackson and Marvin Gaye. Serena, the Williams sisters somehow have survived that. But there have been too many incidences of children who have black children who will later become adults have problems because of dysfunctional childhoods that they were raised in, particularly by brutal, cruel, abusive fathers. And the result is Terry Perkins. That's what that show was all about.
2: Te- yeah, Teddy Perkins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check it Teddy out. Teddy Perkins. Ch- I, mean, I, I saw it, and, and I didn't. I was half asleep on it. I, I had to really I, – I was missing some stuff. So I'm going to have to – because I, I was really impressed with the first few episodes of season one of Atlanta. And then at some point, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back. I, I like it a bit more than – uh, insecure. I'm. I'm comp- I just had insecurities. I just can't get in insecure.
4: No, I, insecure I gave up insecure two. after the first season. I mean, halfway through the first season, I, you know, I it, couldn't get into it. it, it and then the barbershop Ray. episode with Biddy. I mean, my God, that was the funniest thing I've seen all year. God knows how many Biddies I've met in my lifetime.
2: Well, it's Rae for me. is problematic because she came yeah. in as a YouTuber. Now you can't knock her hustle, but she came in with this awkward black girl thing. And I thought yeah. that okay, this this is a black nerd thing going on. I'm all behind it. But when she got her own series, you started hearing behind the scenes all these compromises uh, with what she was trying to present. And then now what we see is kind of like this 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 I don't want to say ghetto girl, but this this kind of black affect black affectation that I just I'm not into it. But I mean I know a lot of maybe it's generational, maybe but. Half the stuff I don't like that's out here that's millennial inspired. It doesn't give me black, it doesn't give me black pride or anything. Not that everything <laughs> has to. But I mean, not that everything has to. But there's a, there's a lot of things going on. I, I've got to get this, this woman on our show. Um, I've been looking at some of her interviews, Michelle Gainer. Michelle Gaynor has this uh, the vintage black glamour books, and all those books are all about respectability mm-hmm. politics. So I know. I mean, that, the, the RP thing has been very it's been concentrated with me in the last couple of weeks, and I know that you all have noticed that because uh, I'm seeing people who have problems with respectability politics, and everything that gave me black pride as far as my development was about respectability politics, and this crew hates it. So that, that's, that right there – I mean I'm probably going to do another show on that because it's, it's really big with uh, a certain set of people.
4: Well, you see, what people are mis- misrepresenting about what they call uh, representative of uh, that whole stuff is that when you, when you refer to the vintage black glamour, and you look at people like Nat King Cole or Sam Cooke or Leotine Price or those people, what they were doing was instilling pride in bl- to other black people, not to white people. That's where people get confused. People think that respectability politics means that, okay, you're trying to make white people feel comfortable. When you look at those people from the past, it wasn't about making white people feel comfortable. It was telling black people, look at what we can accomplish if we just put our minds to it. That is what they were saying, right? Now, somehow, along the way, it got Turned around, upside down, turned into this, turned to that. Now it's called respectability politics. But it was never in the beginning about making white people feel comfortable.
2: Well, look, I, I would I would disagree with you in, in, in one way. I think that some of that was working its way in there. I think that uh, the civil rights movement, um, the the early um, the early forays of black actors getting into uh, pop culture, consciousness really, make, you know, The crossover appeal Some of that crossover business Has a lot to do with making white people feel comfortable That I understand But I don't think you should Throw the baby out with the bathwater And I think that what, What's happening now is You have a certain segment In, in entertainment and beyond The, the Cardi B's, the, the Tiffany Haddish's And all these folks And even with um, What's his face? He has a new series I have no interest in um, the OG.
4: No, forget uh, it. With, with Tiffany Haddish. She's everywhere.
2: Oh, well, listen. It's not my cup of tea. It's not, it's not my thing. But when you hear our folks are saying, oh, it's such a relief we could be what we want to be, and, you know, to me, it's like, okay, I want to have the right to act like a fool without judgment. I want to act crazy as a bed bug, and I want you to be cool with it. No. No, I'm not down with that and was, to me a lot of this stuff comes out to be anti black like uh there were people that were doing certain things cre- creatively that didn't necessarily promote blackness but they still made you feel good they didn't, you don't always have to have a billboard a billboard sign saying hi i'm i'm an upstanding black person or whatever but these folks are completely on the opposite side of the side of the spectrum so i think some of what uh Insecure represents some of some of this new. Uh, hopefully, maybe working its way into what you say is the new Black Renaissance. Some of it is going to work its way in there, and I don't agree with that. And the funny thing is, the popularity of Black Panther, the extreme popularity, that character within himself is a respectability politics character. Wakanda is all about respectability politics, all over that, and people love it. So, I when I hear how these people talk. They go back and forth. They, they, they want it. They want respectability politics, but they don't. They don't think, you know, they want. They want the achievements of respectability politics, but they don't want to be respectable in getting those achievements. So I think. It's, I think there's, there's a lot of absurdity to it. Let Let me. Uh, I can go on and on about that thing, but I, I'm going to have to revisit Atlanta. I, I I will concede to that definitely. Um, Real, real quick, I'm going to go to a, a, a musical break, but I do want to talk about this quickly while I have Q-Storm on the line. Uh, it, it's funny how Marvel comes out – well, I don't know if they've necessarily made this announcement, but it's out there on the web. Ava DuVernay gets attached to New Gods, which is one side of the coin of a Jack Kirby property, and then now we hear that there's an Eternal Films – the Eternals, which is another Jack Kirby property that's very similar to New Gods that Marvel wants to put out. So, Q, are you familiar with The Eternals? And do and, and you have any thoughts about the, 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 the chance for there to be an Eternals Marvel Comics movie?
5: I am vaguely familiar with that. I, I know the name. I know I've come across it. and you start talking about it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, if they can make Guardians of the Galaxy a hit, uh, I, I, why not? <laughs> on first glance, I'd be just a little bit too esoteric, you know. But hey, Marvel has been pretty on point lately, so why not? Can you yeah, well, remember my memory about who the Eternals are?
2: Yeah, well, the, the Eternals are, are a race of godlike beings, right? Um, and they were they were created, I, be, I believe, because I, I I don't want to go so so insider, but they were I believe they were were created by the Celestials. Um, if if we get into into the listening audience, if you get into Marvel Cosmic, you know what's, what what we're seeing now with the Guardians, uh, to a lesser degree Thor Ragnarok. Uh, if the Disney Marvel deal gets to, um, is completed to fruition. You you would you may you may be able to see an actual cosmic line within Marvel Nova, um, uh, who else who else would be considered um, Silver Surfer Fantastic Four, uh, uh, Galactus, all those characters are are really of the cosmic outer space, very esoteric, very New Agey. It's I mean really you know godlike beings. People or not even people. They really consider consider considered like. Entities, beings that have exponential power, and some of these people, the, these entities, are able to, you know, kind of infiltrate Earth and and, and do what they want. So, uh, a race of godlike beings called another race of godlike beings, Celestials, did some mutations on on Earth, if I remember correctly, and you get these Eternals. Now, the the Eternals. Are, that my only problem with the Eternals the Eternals being explored as a film really is that why would they put the Eternals ahead of let's say the Olympians the Olympians would have been an excellent companion piece to the Asgardians and you could have seen their rivalry up close you know it would have been uh, analogous where you have Odin as the, the the titular leader of well you know Thor's father you know, because you get you're also getting into, into mythology, and on the flip side, you know, because in the Greco-Roman side, you have uh, Zeus, Zeus being the father of. Go ahead.
5: I, I think you answered your own question. I mean, I would I would suppose that maybe two reasons they felt like well we've got the fantasy race already covered with the Asgardians we don't want to go back into that with the Olympians and maybe they were looking at the production of Wonder Woman and they were like, ah, we wanna do Greek we wanna do uh, a Greek godlike race of people when they've got the Amazons coming out. Maybe we should hear clear.
3: I I think you gotta look into Thanos history to understand why they would go there with this and who Thanos is connected to and who Thanos really is. Because it would only make sense
2: <clears throat> okay, so you, you're saying that. So you think it, you say, you're saying that the Eternals are better connect because of Thanos coming.
6: Yes. Than,
2: e- than even yes. the Olympians. Mhm. I hear you, I hear what you're saying. I guess the only thing is that the Eternal. If you're gonna get, if you're gonna get specific to who the Eternals are, know these Eter- These Eternals, you know, they they were created, right, and they were modeled after the Olympians. So, so they're like I mean they literally literally like knockoffs of 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 Olympians. So that that's the part that's a little you know I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean uh even the names that they na- they their names similar. You know, I think um her their version of Hercules is Heracles um I forgot who, the, who their version of 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 Thor. I mean, not Thor. Of uh, Zeus is, but all, all these all these um, all these characters are based. Well, you know, you know what? Actually, I think the re- the reality is is that they're they're more of a of a direct match for what's happening with this new gods film than anything else, because the same
3: guy created them. You know, when... Well, when, well uh, Thanos is supposed to be an eternal deviant. So it's supposed to be like a deviant of the mm-hmm. Eternals. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, so there's, that, a, there's a connection. You see, you see what I'm saying? There's the connection. So I guess... Okay, it it, it plays... It plays right in directly. It's an easier move. You know?
5: I'm going to... I want to right now. I'm tapping out. <laughs> okay. Cause I never. I never
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's, the, it's real insider with that. The cosmic line. That whole cosmic <laughs> thing. They had to be on dust when they came up with that. So even the way it was <laughs> drawn No, it's real is talk. It's it real talk, man. Oh, no, well, it's oh, real that talk, is. man.
6: That, well, that's a know. whole
3: separate entity.
2: <laughs> well, to make it simple for, for Q, what's what? To make it really simple. As I say, the celestials are like these, these I don't know, 100-foot-tall, godlike beings, and they're always going to different planets throughout the universe and planting seeds and, and, and kind of doing what they want to do. They, they're, they're constantly trying to uh, create some kind of different race of beings. So, that, so, so the celestials, literally, literally they, were, they were doing experiments where they, had, they created these eternals, and they created these, these kind of grotesque-looking deviants. As the captain said, that's where um, Thanos comes about. So that does make sense. If you, if you have a Thanos walking around now coming up in a couple of weeks, and he is a, of the deviant race, then the, the, the other race that was created from the Celestials were Eternals. And then they also pre- were uh, responsible for experiments on Cree and on Skrulls. So if you really, if you get into, if you're gonna introduce the cosmic line of things, you got to go to the basics. The basics are dealing with celestials creating all these different races of beings. So I guess it, I? Make, it would make sense. But since we already have a Thor, though, see, my thinking is this: you already have Thor, and they already they, always, they, they mentioned this tree of life where they have all these different realms. You know the uh these, you know it it, it, it does get very confusing. But that you know that tree. That they've referenced quite a few times. That tree represents all these different races and different realms. You have the ice gods, you know, the ice realm.
3: Yeah, you're right with that, but the Olympus, that's a, that's a whole other 10 movies they could pull from off of that. With Zeus and all of that coming from there. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff.
6: Yeah, Q, there's, there's, there's a lot.
3: Of... Go ahead, Q. Huh?
5: Well, I just have one question. It's gonna be a very stupid question, I'm gonna ask it anyway. Why why does Thanos look like the skull? Other than he's purple but he has the wrinkled chin. Why, why is that?
2: <laughs> why don't I well first of all I'm not the greatest uh Thanos expert, but I remember that, you know, Thanos uh when he was born, he you know, he was he was like an outcast because he was so gr- grotesque looking. So there, there there's no real direct connection between um Thanos and the Skrulls. You know, the all the scrolls look the same. He he's not a scroll. Yeah. I
5: know. It's just he it's just he has that characteristic. When I first saw when they first showed him in the post credit scene in the what was it, first Avengers, I believe?
6: Mm-hmm. I thought You're he was a scroll.
3: Yeah.
5: No, no. He just turns around and looks at the camera and, Oh, okay. WC renders, huh. A second, I thought it was a, I thought it was a scroll until I started
2: reading Twitter. was like, oh, Thanos. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, look, <laughs> what you, some of what you're asking for is, you know, there's a difference, a difference between what's happening in print and what's happening on the screen. On the screen, we have yet to see any scrolls. We, we may see scrolls. We may see scrolls with uh, Captain Marvel. That's the game plan, hopefully. But you know, we didn't see anything about, we don't know anything about anything about scrolls. So he stands alone, at least right now. But the whole thing with, with uh, Thanos is that Thanos is in love with death. The, I mean, literally the the, the, the living embodiment of, of the Reaper, but female form. So, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of like mythology and, and, and uh, nihilism and concept. I mean, it, you're talking about a high concept. I, I don't know how this is going to translate going forward because, I mean, Thanos is is again he does his motivations really have a lot to do with him seeking the embrace of death but de- but you know we we I'm assuming you're going to see like death walking around like like some kind of physical entity that just like you just like uh, mephisto represents the devil of, of sorts he's not the devil but he is a devil you but we did see, hey, we did see um uh who's uh um uh Doctor Strange's villain. Dorm, Dorm-
6: Dormammu.
2: Right, so we Dormammu looked but, like Dormammu the way the way that it was it's been drawn for ever since I was a kid. So they they they're probably gonna go there with some of this stuff. Yep, yeah, I mean,
3: some of this stuff is out there. Yep, should be interesting. <laughs> I thought and then the Marvel one of you universe, one of those You have to watch a couple of times
5: I was going to say I thought in the Marvel Universe Halo represented death
0: But then I read that it's not,
5: Infinity War Infinity Gauntlet realm. That was Man That was a headspace God that was a head trip And then they had The character death Like you're talking about So it's like Man okay
2: That's a different
5: death <laughs>
2: That's a different realm no. it's, This stuff This stuff goes Like forever And just on and on and on like uh was it Val Hella well Val Hella is like God heaven for the guardians when they die. Right. Um but Hella yes Hella is like uh you know there's like a there's like a connection to Hella Hella and and uh Mephisto. You know, all these all these like godlike beings know each other, but they have different realms. I mean it's a whole different situation. But yeah, Hella does not represent like death, not like that. Let's go to I just a group. Go. Okay. Let's go to a group. Okay. When we get back. Let's take a break because this stuff is uh, out there.
5: <laughs>
2: but I want to stay. I do want to stay on. I want to talk about two other things. Um, there's been a number of trailers that have been released. James Franco, so far, he seems to be able to still be working. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But he has James Franco has a new trailer called Future World. I saw the second solo, tra- second solo trailer, and I really wasn't into the solo prequel, the Han Solo story, but this second trailer looks a bit more interesting to me, and I really like what Incredibles 2, uh, what that looks like. That's that's going to get my money. Although I wish they had aged those- aged those characters, personally I wish they had aged them, but it, you know it is what it is. It still lo- it still looks like it's going to be pretty good, so I'm I'm going to be in there. Okay, uh, let's go to a new groove, somewhat new. This is Rhea Black. Rhea, pardon me, Rhea Black. Rhea Black, Teenage Dreams, two minutes. We'll be right back.
6: I
1: always wish for a good thing. Walk down a line with Hannah Hennesse. No brother, Obama, the president. The thing is not that irrelevant. This way back when he's a shanty. Then you gave me some advice we other lives together singing loud like i got your
2: back once again Rhea black raya black teenage dreams back into the fold um you know behind the scenes i was looking online just to kind of brush up on a couple of interesting things you know this solo trailer honestly you know again i have to d- defer to our friend q storm i know you're a bigger uh, star wars guy than i am um i, I was in the f- the first you know episodes what six seven and eight um was it 6, 7, 8? 4, 5, and 6. 4, four five, and 6 I was into. Um, but then they would, rebooted it, and I l- became disinterested. And I, I, you know, maybe I'm less of a space opera person than a hard sci-fi guy. But I did like Rogue One. I liked Rogue One immensely. So, we see this solo trailer, a Han Solo's. Sorry, Star Wars story. And the way this thing started off and you know the controversy connected to it, I have no idea what, what's going to end up happening with this film. The gentleman they have portraying uh, a young Han Solo, he just doesn't look – I mean I would have been more into this if he really looked like um, Harrison Ford. That throws me out a little. I'm going to have to ignore that. So I saw the second trailer, where you see um, Donald Glover as doing his Lando Calrissian thing, and I could I could also pick up some of his his speech and some of his Billy Dee isms. So I, I could kind of see where he's going with this thing. Tandy um, Newton, who we all know from her, her her work, coming up in a few weeks with Westworld, she's going to be in this thing. So and Woody Harrelson is always great. But I thought that the second trailer looked a little bit more interesting. Um Chewbacca. I think you might see Chewbacca and his and the Chewbacca's love interest in that. So there's some stuff this, you know, and he's gonna see a clean uh, Millennium Falcon again. You know, this is this is this is when everybody was young. So I, I don't know what to think, but the 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 controversy attached to the development of this movie I mean, you have someone like Ron Howard, who is uh, an excellent filmmaker. We can't take anything, anything uh, away from him. But again, he is coming in to kind of clean up a mess. Um, you had Phil Lord and, and Chris Miller. These are two young guys that were initially tapped to direct this thing. And I, I you know, not to rehash this, but allegedly, you know, D- Disney gave the impression They wanted a a more comical, uplifting film, so they made it maybe too comedic to the liking of the suits, and next thing you know, they're they're, told to skedaddle, and they bring in Ron Howard to clean up what they had done. So anytime you start hearing – we've seen this with Avengers. I'm sorry. um, We've seen this with with Justice League. We've seen this with a few films, even uh, uh, Superman Two. When you hear when you know something goes off, goes wrong, and then another director comes in trying to piece together what the first guy or woman did, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. But the trailer looked interesting. Q, did you see the solo second trailer? Well, yeah, what are your impressions? What
5: did. It did nothing for me. The only <laughs> thing I saw in that thing that I thought was a cool concept was the swirling train. Yeah, that was good. Other than that, other than that, it it uh, it uh, bolstered my trepidation about this Alden Reich, whatever his name is. Uh, he delivers all of his lines in a monotone delivery, and he sounds completely unattached to it. Even Donald Glover didn't impress me. All the lines were just like they were reading off of cue cards. I was not moved by any of the performances I saw in the trailer. I think Chewbacca had a, gave me a better performance than any of the live actors, and
6: don't I,
5: I didn't. Who? who I did, I missed sandy Newton completely. I guess.
2: Um, yeah, I just but no. I, I just see a glimpse of her. Yeah, she is in it.
5: How do you only have a glimpse of Sandy Newton in your trailer? I, that makes well, no sense to me. Well,
2: look.
5: Well, yeah, yeah. That doesn't
2: make any sense because of the popularity of Westworld. You know, but I don't. I don't know if they look at black actors to 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 you know. Look, everyone's making an assumption that this Black Panther thing is going to change the way things are done, and that's speculative at best. Right now, we don't know.
5: We're we're always we're underestimated. underestimated. Uh, you know, I'll be there. I, I just want to see what they're going to do with it. And it is Star Wars. I mean, like I said, I'm completely on the Star Trek train now. As of these last two. What was this? Uh, it was 7, 7878 seven, eight that we just saw. But the first 3 films, the original trilogy, four, five, six, nothing's touching that. Star Trek can't come close to that. Uh, but Star Trek doesn't exist for me anymore. No and I'm with you on Rogue One. Other than Rogue One, I didn't like it when I first saw it. Second time I saw it, I got it. And I am that's my second all-time favorite Star Wars movie. But this this is just Disney Ringing every last drop out of Star Wars. And after a while, Star Wars is going to be just another commodity. It's not going to be anything. You're, you're the same age. We're roughly the same age, same generation, I would say. You remember going to that theater in anticipation and seeing those blue words come on the screen. And then, boom, the the score. And Star Wars resetting into the distance. That was a goosebump-inducing moment. It's It's not that anymore for me. It's not that anymore. Yeah, well, it's become something else. I mean, the fact that you had you
2: had so many of these films, they just keep on rigging the, the 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 wash rag, just just trying to just keep on, you know. Instead of just going further and forward, uh, yeah, that's that that that's also you know. Listen, a lot of this has to do with even the the uh, the, the the prequels from the beginning. Well, they they were poorly made, poorly received. Somewhat, I mean, I mean they made money, but they it, it didn't really move the story along forward for, to me to go backwards. So this whole necessity, aside from Rogue One, Rogue One was done actually quite well, but the whole premise of a prequel in this world, as opposed to just sequels and going going forward, um, developing a real mythology, I, I, I you know. You're already kind of starting off in a in a negative zone, and I was reading up on this thing, and I did not know that this project was initially connected to Josh Trank. So, oh my
5: god! Yeah. <laughs> Ac- well, this is according. Problem- go ahead. Uh, well, now, what I was I have is no oh, go. Please go ahead. You have. No, what 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 I, what I was
2: saying is that it says that. The hand Solo project was separate from a film, and that was orig- it was originally developed by Josh Trank. And that when I looked at the Josh Trank, I was like, okay, we haven't heard anything from this guy since uh, Fantastic Four, and he famously trashed a room. And, I mean, he just, you know, he's a young dude, went out of control. But it, it looks like in 2019, he's got a film called Fonzo with Tom Hardy. So. I guess he's going to be all right, Tom Hardy and Matt Dillon. So I thought that guy well, was cooked. You know,
5: he's got the complexion to get as many chances as he needs, I guess. Well, <laughs> but listen,
3: he really <laughs> blew up the spot, though.
5: That's, you know, but he, go ahead and say
3: what you... So I was going to say, um,
5: the one thing I... I think what made Rogue One interesting to me, and I could go either way on this, but I'm, I'm going to take this position tonight, is that I think there was a story to be told about how the plans were delivered to Princess Leia. I think that was a story, I was interested to see that, because, I mean, that's legendary. That, that 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 whole thing is, that's what I said, those three movies, nothing's touching that in the sci-fi world, as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> so to see that backstory, I'm okay with that. Um... But this solo story, it's going to be, I don't know if it's a story that's based in any type of reference in the movies we've seen. Is this him doing the Kessel run? And, I mean, what what is the story going to be? And I just don't like it when they go back into the, into the past, because it always ends up butting heads with what we know, the continuity that we know, usually. Rogue One, that's what made Rogue One so good, I think. It didn't do that, but... You know, there's no—I don't know what story there is to be told about Han Solo when he was younger. I don't care. He was cool when we met him in that bar in the cantina. Well, I'd like to know how
2: much did this solo film cost, because I mean, you know, um, budget is everything, and I guess it would have been, you know, too expensive to have, um, to have Harrison Ford reprise the role and they just de-age him. 'Cause they
5: can't do that now. No, no. They they can't you're talking about Ant Man like Michael Douglas de aging? Yeah. No, I don't you I would not want to see that for the whole movie. Are you kidding me? Why not? Because the scenes would come off very quickly. You notice that they only do that for a brief amount of time. The only time I can think that they did that for an extended amount of time is they did it with Jeff Bridges and Tron. And that guy right. that was kinda of, that, that was, was that didn't work for that that yeah well there you go it heck was well, first you can't have a whole film but but, but I
2: think I think what what messed up what made Tron messed up was that the technology really wasn't perfected at that point I've been reading up about that reading up about the technology and the technology has pretty much been perfected to and actually it's, it's gotten so good that uh, I don't think we even discussed it but I had it as a topic a few weeks ago where there's just you know a whole new Legal game, a new law game or I should say legal field uh that deals with the protection of legacy that you know you have actors now actors living actors that are making provisions for their likeness in you know as they when they pass on because it you can see that they, they have it so they have it so um meshed so well that they're able to effectively have someone. You know, walking around—that's dead, but it looks believable. So, yeah. Uh, so, so to to, to de aid someone, Is not that big a deal. I mean, someone is going to do it full length because we we already saw that they did it at Tron, but they jumped the gun because Tr- Tron really wasn't done that well.
5: The I only way I, Tron- I, 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 no one's going to do that, DeBert. I mean, not, maybe another thirty years, but no. Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford. He's the man. I, he he doesn't move the same he's in his 60s now he doesn't move the same his hair is different no one wants to see that for a whole movie imagine seeing like rogue one going back to rogue one that last shot of princess leia okay she was on screen just it was just and that was perfect i wouldn't want to see that for a whole movie i'm
2: listen I, i we go through this all the time q and I make these predictions, and then they come. They come correct, and then okay. you know we, we pretend like it doesn't happen. I, I, there's enough. There's enough out there uh, as far as legislation, not legislation, but legal um, parameters that they're exploring. There's wills to protect people's uh, your future image. Um, they're not just testing this stuff just to, just for S and giggles. I mean, uh, w- when you think about Tron, Tron has. There's, there's been some years between what Trump was that what 8 years ago so the the, the technology has, has just improved i mean it's it's the whole um what is what is that book that I'm always referencing uh the singularity the singularity of the technology just keeps on doubling and tripling every every so year or every couple of months that they've just perfect they just have been able to perfect it there's going to come a point uh, where because cuz cuz you could conceivably have Harrison Ford walking around doing the voice and still he is the a you saw a de-aged um kurt russell in guardians 2
5: how long but how long the shots didn't the scenes lasted maybe a couple minutes there's a reason for that because at some point you would see the stitching you would see the you would it, it would fall off the wheels at some point you can't sustain that through a whole film i One of the best lines in all cinema, as far as I'm concerned, happened in 1993. That was Jurassic Park. Ian Malcolm, I think the character was, he says this line, and I see it memed and gift all the time. People are so busy asking if they can as opposed to asking if they should. Don't do that. (laughs) We've already –
2: listen, there's already a – and this has been going on for a couple of years – a discussion on these uh, holographic images. And to see Elvis concert in real time, we already saw Tupac walking around. We saw Michael Jackson walking around. These corporate elites are going to be looking into doing certain things that at first they're going to be complaining, but then it's, we're going to get used to it. They don't—they're not developing the technology just because they—they they, develop the technology. This is something I have to get—I have to give props to uh, Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk said that they. They introduce things in in film, so that at some point you get used to it in real time. It's it's an introduction, and then there and then at some point it it becomes normalized. The introduction to it, you know, you have an issue with it, but at some point when they keep on moving, they keep on making it subtle. it's, It's a subtle introduction until one day it's full blown, and then you say nothing because you've already you've already become accustomed to it. We'll see. But we've been down this road before.
5: <laughs> I
2: mean, they, they're getting the contract. They're getting the contract signed, and they get all, there's a whole new industry devoted to this very topic. So they, they, the lawyers are getting ready to, to cover this. And they're doing yeah. it for a reason. Once you hear lawyers uh, signing papers and people who are, have wills set up, I mean, this is a whole industry devoted. To this, to the, to uh, just this topic,
5: they're not doing it just because it's an exercise. We'll see. Well, uh, shout out to Prince because he shut that down. His estate shut that down, a so good for they him. He tried it though. They tried it. <laughs> so some people don't. They
2: don't have. They don't care. The fr- the fans that love this guy, and his and his immediate people and his family, they interceded, but, um. Justin Timberlake could give two craps. He's ready to get it going. I mean, it's the way people are. Not, not it, this is a, this is a society and a culture where people don't seem to have. You no, know, you and I talk about this all the time. Where you know, the 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 idea of um, well, hell, people don't like respectability politics. The operative the operative word of respectability is respect is, is respectable and or respect. Who? How can you uh, have a problem with the term respect? The, the the key word in respectability is respect, and that's a problem. <laughs> so th- let's not think that people are honorable
5: or respectful. Well, if they do master the te- if they do master the technology, and it's going to come anyway, I just hope William Shatner can hold on, hang on, because I would love to see Captain Kirk come back.
2: Don't worry, it's gonna happen. You saw John, F., you saw John F. Kennedy shaking, uh, a Tom Hanks' hand 20 years ago, and even then it looked pretty cool. So this is gonna go down. And and Ready Player One was all about that interaction between peas. So it's gonna happen. I didn't think it Come would be on, possible. To, to, to tell you the truth, I didn't think it was gonna be possible to see like someone ca- you know casually driving around in a de- in a DeLorean like that. I mean that's you know that that DeLorean that, that's an IP. The flux capacitor and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That 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 was nothing but a lawyer's nightmare that movie. All those references, all mm-hmm. those references are intellectual properties
5: that have to somehow mesh in a movie. They made it work. It's interesting you brought that up because, not to get off topic, but I don't know when Black Panther, the first week, weekend Black Panther came out, that was on everyone's, everyone was talking about that for like a month straight. Ready Player One, I haven't heard a peep since we last talked about it on the show. That was the first weekend.
2: Yeah, it is, it is. You know what? I'm curious. I wonder how much, well, I, I do know it made money the initial, the initial uh, week of its release. We haven't heard anything else since then. Yes, four hundred and seventy-eight million dollars.
6: Hmm. Oh, that
2: seems a little. Is that light. good? Or, is that good <laughs> or bad? Because because that it, it came out March twenty-ninth, so we're roughly what three weeks in, maybe approaching two to three weeks. Uh, you know, listen, it's half five hundred million is probably on a cusp. It, it it'll probably do six fifty maybe.
5: Seems a little I mean, light. light. I don't know. Well, look, just that alone, for
2: for us to talk about in, in those numbers, it, go, it goes to show you how the goalpost, has, as you would say, has moved forward. Because now we're scrutinizing sure. $400 million movies, $500 million, $600 million. Now, if a movie does 600000000
5: yeah. 600
2: million, we're going to call it light. I don't know. <laughs> I remember when
5: Superman Returns hit and it made $200 million and I was thinking, eh. That sounds a little, a
2: little flimsy And I think that the execs think the same way Because this is a Spielberg Spielberg, uh, his tour de force You know, Spielberg should not be Alien to high numbers I think Avatar's going to have some issues Maybe, we'll, we'll see it come with something now because This, is, this has been uh, Over a decade of 3D movies That's a good point
5: I, Does anyone give a crap about Avatar anymore?
2: They're giving him the Kings I mean, of the kingdom because there's gonna be I mean, look, how
5: many I think how
2: many I think it's gonna be what, at least two Avatar films, maybe more?
5: I heard ten. Something something uh, ridiculous. Who I have really the care patience. About the blue people. What, what what other story is there to tell about the blue people? I don't
2: Well, it, we can say this, but if we see something that looks crazy, we're gonna say I'm in. If it's but he's you know, he's the guy. You know, you, you can't take anything away at the, from the talent of Cameron. But I know at this point, I'm I'm a little like meh, meh.
0: Well, and I love I
2: loved Avatar when it came out the first time, but it's it's you know he waited so long like you can wait till no one really cares anymore.
5: Well, let, let's be honest. This, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Titanic and Avatar, both of those spectacles to look at cgi beautiful uh, effects beautiful practical and computer effects beautiful but the stories were were mediocre at best my point being the avatar when it came out the story was not a solid story it wasn't it was basically dances with wolves there was nothing to say wow that really was refreshing it was it was a visual piece which makes well, the, the t- film itself more all the more less Less worthy of ten? How long has it been? Twelve years later, putting out a sequel. How long has it been? That's a good year. Uh, when did it come out? With two thousand? is it two thousand nine? You know, I was
2: still living yeah, so, in New Jersey at the time. The Avatar is two thousand nine. Okay. So you're talking about literally a decade. Uh, yeah. It's it 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 looks interestingly enough. It looks like. Uh, Incredibles two, and I want to talk about that. Incredibles two is going to make its money, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's a superhero. Fra- it's a superhero franchise. Who's oh not yeah. Going to yeah. See, who's not going to want to see? I'm looking at. I'm looking at. First of all, it's been. When I saw it the first time, I thought that it was a visual feast in 2003 terms. I think it came out in 2000, 2004 when it came out. So it was. It was something in 2004. Now we're talking about
5: that long ago. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's why I felt that if you just like the Toy Story, which is which is a pretty good, you know, it's still Pixar. Toy Story literally aged. You know, the characters, the ancillary characters around the toys, they aged. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I would have I would have preferred to have seen um, the kids as young adults, the parents as older adults. And maybe Jack-Jack as a teenager. Yeah. That's, I had had that's, not,
5: that's not the story. That's not the concept.
2: No. Well, you know what? You never know. But everything we've seen so far is literally where we left off. Where we left well, off, well, Jack, Jack-Jack was, the audience knew that that kid had powers, but the parents did not know. Literally, I guess minutes later is where this, or, or a day later it 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 uh, it starts. 14 yeah. years later, but it's a, it's a it's a day or two later, and then they discover that he has powers, and it's going to be uh, for the trailer. You're going to see uh, Mr. Impossible, uh, Mr. Incredible. What is it? I might forget already. The The uh, Incredibles, Mr. Incredible yeah. is going to is going to be um, a stay-at-home father. Taking care of this superpowered baby, and Sam Jackson is his boy, so those two are going to be going. Look at what the hell did you make here? And then the wife is going to be out making the, the
5: making the, the 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 butter. It
2: looks interesting.
1: interesting. I, it guess
5: looks... It, I guess if you, if, I guess they feel like you let over ten years pass between your movies, that rather than aging the characters, which I think would be a good concept, because I've aged, we all have aged, but they're not going for us they're going for the uh, 10 to 15 year olds now so they want to present it to them as brand new you know as the same concept i guess
2: but the funny thing is, is that
5: the, the the people that were of age then are
2: out of college now someone who was 10 12 14 in 2004 is almost could be in his his or her mid 20s to 30 now
5: And I'm saying they're not going for that they're not going for that person. They feel like, well, they're gonna come from the nostalgia, but let's not age the characters so that we can do the whole thing all over again for the new crowd that just came up.
2: I guess. I mean I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason for this because Toy Story operated the same way and made a whole I'm
5: with you. I'm with you all the way. I I agree with you. And the
2: same company. You know what I mean? Like what what difference does it make between somehow it worked for Toy Story and actually, you would think that it would not have worked for Toy Story, because you know the the whole thing is the kid ends up going to college, and that you you would feel well, like that premise. But it worked, it worked very well. So I mean, it had no problems to age the characters for Toy Story, but they did not want to age the characters for um, you know. And I and I listen, I like looking even with The Simpsons. You, you've seen characters on TV, animated characters before, and on occasion, The Simpsons will have a future episode where you see a middle-aged Bart Simpson. And I wish they would go into that world more. But I wish it would like, because that, well, that's like a whole separate story unto itself.
5: I'll, I'll take it, you know, my, my, my Rome Star Trek. The first movie came out. It was not very well received overall. And then the second one came out and you heard critics were writing, it worked so much better, the story was much better because the characters were allowed to age. They, they had some wisdom behind them, whereas the first one it was like they tried to pick off decade, uh, this, this, the series was canceled in '69. The movie came out what roughly a decade later, roughly I guess uh, 78, yeah, I I, I, think, like that.
2: I think yeah I think, I think literally 79, something like that, was the first one.
5: Yeah, and the, the characters were acting like that no time had passed. And it just it just read as unbelievable. And then Star Trek Two came around, and the whole theme was aging, decisions that we made that we could undo from our from our past, and, and it was a hit. So, no, no, well, I'm with you all the way. Well, it
2: was a hit also because you have Ricardo Montalban.
6: There's and yeah. For
5: those for
2: those who remember how that character was dealt with in you the saw series, he had gray hair. Saw,
5: he was, he had gray hair in that. I mean, it was clear. Well, not just that. Well, not just that, but you know, listen, he was always
2: likened to a uh, a despot. You know, a, a a person that could, you know, they couldn't handle Khan on that ship. So, okay, we're gonna give you your own planet, and and, and you he, <laughs> if you remember, he said, listen, bet I, you know, I I I can conquer this world. It didn't quite go as well as he had planned. But the, you know, it was it, it made sense to revisit. Oh, whatever happened to that guy? Okay, so that that made perfect it made perfect sense. But uh, again, you know, um, the advantage of a, a cartoon is that well, you know, in theory, you don't have to age. But the you know the audience has age and there are people that you know who 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 saw this at a certain time in their lives that. And we all saw it at a certain time. Like, why Why wouldn't we want to see things kind of move forward? But, hey, you know what? I'm going to see it anyway. And wh- from what I saw, it looks pretty interesting. But it looks liter- literally like it's 2007 or something. I'll
5: give you another example real quick. The movie Up, if you remember that movie. Yes. The best part of that film is the first 20 minutes where we see this young man age. That had the audience in tears. That that was the best part of the film.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the wife the, the wife passes, and you know he becomes this this grumpy. Um, uh, what's the actor's name? He's definitely a, an analog of uh, Ed, Spencer asner Ed, Ed, No, I mean no, I, well. Yeah, he was the voice, but the visual right. was Spencer oh. Tracy. Okay, All right. he looked exactly like Spencer Tracy. <laughs> And, he, and Spencer Tracy always played those kind of roles. You know, uh, oh. the most famous one, of course, is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Right. So um, let's move forward. Uh, Captain has already left. And uh, I want to talk – actually, I, I, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. I know that our friend John, John Hutton was inquiring about this um, last Wednesday. T.J. Miller, the actor – I'm I'm dubbing him the white DMX At this point
5: (laughs) I'm not familiar with the trouble he got into I I think I read What
2: was was the deal Well again It it sounds absurd He's on a subway Or train I think it was a subway It might might have been New York maybe I'm not sure But he was on some, some train And he got into an altercation with a woman and uh, allegedly he was inebriated, and he wouldn't let it go, and I guess in order, to, in order to really get the best of the altercation, you know, he goes off somewhere and reports that that woman, particular subway car or whatever, was uh, doing something suspicious with some kind of bag or something, something to, to connect that person to a terrorism. I believe this woman might have been of Islamic origin, but no wow. such thing happened. No such thing happened. Um, the woman has since gone, I think. So, you know, once you call in a bomb threat, the world stops. You know, so you could imagine that um, to, to do that kind of thing, uh, someone could have gotten killed from that. And we, we've seen people call the police i mean the whole thing with with video game players and that 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 has, that has uh the most recent case ended in tragedy so you just you just can't in someone or call calling a threat against against someone as if it's cute and don't think there's going to be some ramifications now now again this guy is a young actor who had a series of successes he had the um uh, Silicon Valley series. I think he just left that. He's part of the Deadpool yeah. franchise. The Deadpool franchise. He was also part of, um, I believe, what is it? The the, uh, the hero Hero
1: Eight.
2: Oh, Big Hero Six. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Hero Eight. Big Hero Six. He was also
5: he was also in Ready Player One.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. This guy is, 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 is hitting the mother load, and yet you're doing a DMX move
6: <laughs> I where, love where, that. Where, you,
2: where you are purposely sabotaging your career. So now they're saying that this could be like a five-year or more. I mean, this is a serious thing. I don't know how he's going to – Did arrested? Out he arrest him? I was believe arrested? so. Uh, yeah, arrested. And I think he, I believe he's out on bond. Wow. I mean, he called it, you oh, call I, it, you call it
5: a ever, bond almost, I don't know, Debra, if, if, if I were in a position to be working with Steven Spielberg and on HBO and he, he just, he Never just did get an it. HBO special, he did an HBO special, I would keep my damn mouth shut and get a paycheck. Golly.
2: So, <laughs> I is mean, it so it is...
6: what makes
2: it... you see, this guy's done a couple of things. He's had a series of mishaps. You know, they've it'd been, it'd been in, in 2016 in December. He was arrested of, from an Uber situation, some kind of argument. I can argument. remember
6: that.
2: Yeah. Well, see that that was mild, but that was the beginning of some effort. Then there was some sexual misconduct situations. I think when he was at George Washington University, so you know that that whole Me Too thing was starting to come. He he was connected to that with some some past stuff. You know. And I told you know when I told I told you this too. See, we're going to go back to something I mentioned to you, not that you know you personally, but you did allude to, uh, and all of us had these situations in college where something could be misinterpreted years later. The chicken can come back home to, to, to roost on you. Thing happened to him from two thousand and one. This guy was a student seventeen years ago at George Washington University, and some anonymous woman is making claims that something happened then.
5: Uh Yeah, man. Uh, to be white and rich, just keep your mouth shut. You got the world. Come on.
2: <laughs> okay, and this this I knew this was somewhat This was somewhat local. This was This was in Queens. This is a, a, I'm going to read this quickly to so get more. This is April 9th Amtrak bomb threat incident. Miller was arrested on the night of April 9th two thousand eighteen, at LaGuardia Airport in Queens, on federal charges. You got the feds on federal charges related to to a fake bomb threat. Meanwhile, aboard an Amtrak train. According to a Department of Justice press release, he placed an emergency call on March 18, 2018, and reported that a female passenger had a bomb in her bag while traveling an Amtrak train 2256 from Washington, D.C. toward Penn Station in New York City. After authorities evacuated passengers and searched Amtrak train 2256, uh, it turned out that Miller was actually on Amtrak train 2256 – on Amtrak 2258, which was also evacuated of passengers in search. No evidence of any explosive device or materials was detected after officials stopped and inspected both trains. According to witnesses interviewed by Amtrak investigators, he had appeared to have been heavily intoxicated and involved in hostile exchanges with a woman – who was sitting in a different row from him in the first class car and that he had been removed from the train prior to his intended stop due to his intoxication. On April 10, 2018, he was released on a $100,000 bond following an appearance at a federal court (coughs) hearing in New Haven, Connecticut. If convicted, he could face up to five years in prison. (laughs) Now this guy's this guy has been on a on a steady, like, kind of subversive r- run in Hollywood. He was in Cloverfield. He was in was he How in Clo- to Train he Your Dragon. Cloverfield? Yeah, Cloverfield, How to Train Your Dragon, um, Rock of Ages, How to Train Your Dragon 2. This guy's in – once you're connected to franchises, he was in Transformers, Big Hero 6, as you mentioned, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, I mean, the, you know, come on, man. He's like, How to Train Your Dragon 3 is in production. This guy was in Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, pardon me. Like you said, he had, he had a stand-up special. I mean, this guy this guy's ready to rock and roll.
5: I think his star was starting to diminish when he got fired from Silicon Valley. Though that's, I don't know if that had anything to do
2: with it. Not if you're in Deadpool. <laughs> really? You know, you, you're, in the, you're in Deadpool franchise, almost a billion dollar movie. That's that's a that's
5: that's uh downswing.
2: And also, I don't know. The, 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 I, don't,
5: I don't know the timing of these things. You know, he may have been contracted to that. I think he just left the show. I
2: don't because I, it seemed like he was there for a couple of years. I mean, listen, he's sure, this this guy has a pretty, one of has the a pretty good in the
4: show. He was
2: he, one of the he best has a pretty good the show. He, this guy has a, has a, a, an enviable Hollywood track record. And this guy's only what thirty five, thirty six years old. So, I mean, you know, I'm confused. I guess, I guess, success and money is not, is is difficult for some people.
6: Yeah, I dealer, can't just call
5: stay, it. Stay on. I know you want to get on serious, but serious XM, But you might change. <laughs> you might be different stories about you. <laughs> You might not, lose not, your not mind Not like that no no no
2: no
3: <laughs> no 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 no
2: no touching touching green uh in money seems to the the, the you know what they say about the uh, certain uh, properties that money has no no no, no, the oracle raised his son correctly no 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 i'm not I'm not like that well i would jeopardize that money,
5: hell no. <laughs> More people should take a cue from Dave Chappelle than circa 2004. Just leave it alone. <laughs> if you know it's going yeah, to make you go back that's crazy. Leave it alone.
2: Yeah, but even he kind of, you know, we, we'll never know the story. He luck, his talent allowed him to rebound after that. But everyone, let's, let, let's not be, uh, let's not, let's not be dishonest and say that, you know, at the time, because I remember I was a big Dave Chappelle, and, and I still am a big Dave Chappelle fan. I bought the DVDs. I was completely engrossed in that series, and you know when you heard that he had gotten a fifty million dollars, like first of all, no one knew that Comedy Central had that kind of money. That's the first time you had to look at Comedy Central differently, because that's the first I heard that he had, because he had um, the sales of the DVDs were so out there that they said, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get this kid, we're going to have to treat him correctly. And he balked at fifty million. Like I, I don't, I don't think he. I think he was scared. Personally, he, I mean, you're going to hear something else. I, I think sometimes people they're over their head. Now he's older, and realizes that. Well, you know, you know, fifty million is different in night in two thousand three money. In, in I say that in quotes, as opposed to two thousand fourteen or two thousand eighteen. I should say. Uh huh. Now. Now fifty million doesn't sound so bad, but back then, as I remember, like fifty million might as well be, might as well have been a billion.
6: Mm-hmm. As
2: time goes, oh, well. no, no. What I'm saying is like where he came from. You know, we, we, as an observer, the fifty million dollar thing came out of the blue. It seemed like whoa, no one because it was it was a little Comedy Central show, uh. cable. You know, that—that's you have to understand. That's like Seinfeld money.
5: Well, I guess the question is not that we should be delve, de- dwelling on something that happened how long ago, but I my my understanding that was the production budget budget production budget for a new series or a new season, not not his take. Well, well yeah, about.
2: but listen, it, it's power. I understand. Right. That's yeah, kind of what. Yeah, that, right, that's right. kind of when they when they say uh, Howard Stern got like a. A uh, four hundred million dollar deal at Sirius. That's that's right. kind of the same thing, even with him. But it's it's still a, it's a hell of a lot of power. It's all went it upward if you do if you if you're able to, to kind of. I mean, I, I don't understand why he couldn't get the 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 right writers in. It's not not all about him. I mean, he could have got you know really funny people he he knew from the comedy circuit to give them gigs to really go full throttle. I mean, this this isn't. I mean he was in a he was in a in a place that uh Richard Pryor would have would have dreamed dreamed about. He was on Richard Pryor was on what NBC trying to do trying to do that kind of thing. Now he was you uh-huh. know he was really you know he was really ahead of his time. He was to uh-huh. you know you could you can you you, you you can't have Richard think about Richard Pryor on network TV. I mean the whole thing is just pre-cable. <laughs> The whole thing's absurd. I mean, they would have had to give
5: Richard probably a hundred million well, for what he I, you for know, what I he could have done. If you take him at his word, he's like, the, you know, he for that amount of money, he would have had a lot of it was like the do Duvernay situation kind of. From what I remember, he, he he didn't want to have to bow to everyone's wishes and lose control. You know, if, you, if they pay you, they got you. You got to do what they say. You got to be beholden to their rules and. That was his reason he, he didn't take the money. I don't know if it's true or not. But Well,
2: look, we'll move on. We've got about 12 minutes remaining. We, we'll never know. We, we've discussed this ad nauseum on previous shows, but I'm a big Dave, Dave Chappelle supporter. I think he's a talent. I think, he, I think he is such a talent where we've seen folks like that, like people like Prince and people who have kind of a preternatural talent that they can just come back. You know, not mm-hmm. everybody has that ability. You know,
5: some folks just couldn't yeah. do that. No, he's Chris one Tucker's of the rare few. You know oh, what I mean? Chris Tucker's proof for that that you can't just come back.
2: You just can't come back. You know what I mean? Um, I want to mention this quickly.
5: Uh, well, two things.
2: Doomsday Clock. I might have mentioned this to you before. Have you Have you ever picked
5: up the Doomsday Clock? It's the Watchmen. We talked sequel. about this, and I t- I told you that every time I go to my comic book shop, it's sold out. I just haven't had a chance yeah. to
2: go back. Yeah, it, it is very popular. And uh, to the listening audience, of course, you know those who know about Zack Snyder. I'm no real big fan of Zack Snyder, but I did think that he did a pretty decent job in translating the uh, the Alan Moore Watchmen series from the '80s, which which really broke down where we are where we are now in comic books and how we look at comic book characters more seriously. How you know they're, they're less stodgy than what they were in the in, you know, in the '60s. Um, the dialogue and, and the real life, real world things. How some of these these um, superheroes are not so uh, easy. That they're so they're complicated human beings with with powers. The Alan Moore Watchmen series essentially opened the door for that. Um, Frank Miller also with Daredevil with Batman. So now that we have we had that popular popular series transitioning into. A movie. Now we have another series that is Jeff Johns writing this, and one of my favorite artists is Gary Frank. Gary Frank really has a a real realistic way of drawing his characters. Anytime you see, I mean, as of late, when he draws Superman, he draws Christopher Reeve as Superman, and he looks like Christopher Reeve. So he has a real, real, a real realistic way of drawing his pictures, his, his, um, his characters. So anyway, um, this Doomsday Clock sequel really is allowing those characters who we all believe to be in a separate, you know, it's a separate story, separate universe, although it's under the DC imprint, they had no connection to the DC characters. Now, they're do, now they do they essentially have set, set up a premise where all those characters have are, are transitioning into the DC world of Batman, Superman, the Flash and all those characters. And it is fascinating because uh, if you were, if you recollect in the movie and the movie was pretty dead on and again this is a Zack Snyder thing. So Zack Snyder can direct when he wants to. You saw that the Rorschach character was killed, that he, he, he sacrificed himself. He had said at the end of the movie, as in the book, that I'm going to tell the world that Osmodius is a villain and that this is, you know, he was going to disclose everything going on with the Watchmen and the, and the world. Ozymandias,
5: right? Osma-
2: right? Yeah, thank you, Osmodius, Ozymandias, thank you. Either kill me that was the doctor manhattan character who was very you know another kind of godlike being and uh he said listen i'll i'm going to you kill me or you know or else and he he uh dissolved him you know he, he cuz he's that powerful but now we see that uh, uh that doctor manhattan has transitioned into this new world well this new world to the watchman the Watchmen viewer, Watchmen reader. But now we also see that somehow Rorschach appears. Now, how could that be when we saw that that character had died? Not to go too much into this, but many of the characters are being brought over by Osmandius, by the way, because Osmandius has figured, because he's a genius, he's like the Lex Luthor of the Watchmen universe, he figured out that um, Doctor Manhattan has gone on to this other universe, so he follows him there with some of these characters. And the only hint that this Rorschach, because he has all the mannerisms of Rorschach, and you know the listener should know that Rorschach is is uh, kind of a. Batman-style character, in the sense that he's, he has no superpowers, he's, he's somewhat, somewhat maniacal, somewhat focused. Kind of like um, Bruce Wayne with
3: autism. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the question, and that's not by that's not by uh, by you know by coincidence. The question is, is in this universe that be and that will be interesting also if the question meets meets Rorschach. But the the question is, is 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 an analog of Rorschach, so or maybe the other way around. I forgot who came first. I think I think the question was first. Then it was Rorschach. I think so. Anyway, um, we see that that the only way you know that this is a different Rorschach is that in he's being used by. Oz, uh, Ozymandias to to get these these other um, superheroes and or anti-heroes to come with him to this new earth and uh, those characters knew that well you know why should we go with you when we know that the, the Rorschach is out of here and he takes off his glove and you see that it's a dark complected hand and I said hmm. oh wait a minute i think, like, oh, wait a minute, this is a black guy as Rorschach. So we don't know how that even came to be. So I will say that when you read this thing, it is so much like a movie. And that's one of the, th- the things I love about comic book reading. I've been reading comic books for, for years. And when it's a really good comic book, you forget that, it, that you're even reading it. It, it, it seems like it's, it, it's like a movie. It's, and that's all about the, the human imagination. That's one of the reasons why I love comic books, and that's probably one of the reasons why comic books are able to translate the way that they have in cinema. They're already storyboarded, boarded and we, if you're really a lover of comic books, sometimes these stories just feel like a movie. So we're already four issues in, and this black Rorschach meets Batman and meets Batman in his own damn cave. <laughs> Now, you know, that's another thing that's interesting is that Osmandius, Os, right? Osmandius, he he already has like a dossier of all these of what's going on on this other Earth, so he already knew who, or if anything, was able to, to deduce the smartest, the, as he puts it, the smartest men on Earth, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor, and he was already able to deduce who was who. So he already gave. This crazy person. <laughs> the the specs on the specs on um, on Bruce Wayne. So he literally meets Bruce Wayne, like just waiting for him. And Bruce Wayne, and he tell he he you know he has a staccato way of speaking. You know he's, he 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 in every way comes off like the original Rorschach. Rorschach. Um, what's going on about how this their old earth is about to explode and they're escaping it? I mean, it's a whole thing. And then the, issue four I, I don't want to say what Batman does to him, but he does it in a Batman very way, b- a very Batman, Batman way. I don't want to give anything away, but it seems like he's there to help Rorschach, even though he broke into his bat cave. Huh, that's not what happens, <laughs> okay. Uh, he ends up somewhere, and then you start to – uh, issue four is where you go into, well, how, how do you have – how exactly do you have a black Rorschach? So I, I would advise the, the listener to really get this if you're not already buying it because it's like one of the most popular books. And uh, it started out once a month. Now it's uh, once every two months. So you have to wait a little bit longer to get these books, probably because the writing is so on point. And also because you have the great Gary Frank drawing it, um, you know. Sometimes you, you know. Sometimes it's best to wait. But I, I find it sure. interesting that we yet we have a we have a black Rorschach. Oh, one more thing. We have got two minutes remaining. I, I failed to mention this. Did you get a chance to check out the pictures for the Titan series? The actors involved in that, especially. Um, oh
5: Lord. <laughs> Starfire. <laughs> I'll- let me. Can I just mention one thing that just came? We can talk about that. But I want to. Sure. I was hoping we could end this on a good, on some good news that just came over my sure. Twitter feed. Sure. Just going to read this to you. It's April thirteenth, dated five oh three p.m. today. Stanley Sue's former business manager for fraud, elder abuse, including one scheme to sell his blood. I just want to say, oh, yeah. good for him. I heard about that. Actually, we even heard that Kevin Smith.
2: Had even opened his opened up his house to Stan Lee saying, "Listen, if it, you know you need a place to stay, you can stay with me." So I thought I I, I had a suspicion that maybe Stan Stanley is not as as uh addled as we think he is. I mean, the man's ninety five, but I I have not I have not heard anything that led me to believe that there's anything dealing with dementia. So I, I don't know I don't know what's going on there. So somebody has intervened to get to to get on top of this stuff. It appears to be the case. I'm, I'm glad. That, that would really bother me, that this man has really um, given us so much, and then you have people that are just picking at a, a, a human being like that because of, the, the, of his age. is ridiculous. Right. Uh, quickly, we, have to, we may be going over into the uh, podcast for about five minutes because we got to get into this. So we know that the WB streaming is forthcoming. Everyone has to have their own Netflix. Everyone's getting, going to get their Netflix going uh, on. So the Titans, I mean, for some of what I saw with the Titans, seemed to be okay initially. But you know, so we don't know what the what the money is going to look like. I mean, I know Netflix has the money. <laughs> so when when things show up on Netflix, you have a good shot that it's going to look halfway halfway. So. What do we say? The, the actress was, was, was uh, barraged with racist commentary. I don't think that was fair. But she did not look like the business. We're going to keep it 100.
1: <laughs> she, looked like uh. any,
2: she looked like any one of these young Nogs walking around 42nd Street with that wild wig. It's not, it's not like we haven't seen some of our sisters with, those, with that type of hair, hair walking around in real time. So she doesn't look like a superhero. It doesn't even look like good... I saw excellent cosplay. I've seen cosplayers, Q, dressed as Coriander that look legit. Green she was eyes
5: everything. Fire.
2: She was Starfire? Yeah, Starfire,
5: yeah. Oh my god. I saw that and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a prostitute. Like you say, on in West Hollywood or uh, Times Square. So... And once I got the context, I was like, you've got to be – who is she playing? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> now, she's saying that, you know, this was actors' downtime. They weren't in – they weren't – you know, they were just – it wasn't what you thought it was. The, I, I hope this is the same case with uh, the Shazam movie because that's looking pretty hokey also. But but that right there – but but listen, at least we could say he looks like, you know, the representation of, of – of, uh, of Shazam, of Captain Marvel, but we would expect more still. But this actor, is, it, it, listen, the, the character is supposed to be of alien origins. I don't think it's necessary for a person to be a certain ethnicity, clearly because of Zoe Saldana playing Gamora. That's the template, if anything. So
5: what hap- what's going on here? Or is it all about money? So – she she's a I forget the actress's name. We can't say actress anymore, right? I, I don't
1: know. Right, well. I forget
5: the actress's. I forget the I'm gonna be a, a maverick. You gotta say you gotta name.
2: actor actor now could be you know non gender specific.
5: Right. I forget her name. I know she's she's uh African African American I believe. Maybe and African. And Starfire. African maybe. And Starfire is a white character, correct?
2: No, well, no, well, no. Starfire is off planet. She's not, you know, she's an alien
3: with gold skin. I mean, her skin, skin color,
5: eyes. her skin color is, um, would, oh. would be more, uh, more, uh, relative to a Caucasian person. Am I correct? Mm, a tanned, a tanned yeah, white she, person, yeah. or uh, yeah.
2: Beyonce could play, could play, uh, you know, in theory, because people have put her name out there.
6: Right.
5: Her skin would be I almost a perfect you, translation. I just think if you're going to, you know, I, I've, my my record is highly known on the whole, um, you know, race swapping thing. I'd rather, we ha- we now have, as Sergio said earlier, we're in a renaissance now. We have enough characters. I don't think we need to be putting African-American or Af- people of African descent in these traditionally white roles. Do we have enough material that we should be supporting our own? But if you're going to do it, you, you need to come more correct than that. <laughs> Uh, You're gonna get slaughtered.
2: Well, again, again, this actress to be more specific is Anna Diop, and she's uh, yeah, a Senegalese. Right. She, she's Senegalese. Okay, but I, I, I don't think. I mean, you could say the same thing for Gomorrah and Gomorrah. No one has any. You know, she looks like Gomorrah. I just think she should have, should have been right. in, in, in in gold paint or something.
5: Well, let's just say, yeah, you know, Gamora Zola Saldana. You, she's green, so there's not
6: yeah.
5: an issue. The race is not an issue there.
6: I mean, yeah, this woman right. just it did
5: should've... not look... This woman just did not look like Starfire. That wig looked horrible.
2: Because the wig... Because, I mean, the woman is like gold from head to toe. I mean, she's gold and has
5: like auburn hair.
6: Right. That
5: hair was like a pink wig. Crazy. And it was curly. It looked curly. It was very curly, wasn't it?
1: <sighs>
5: you know,
2: again, I don't think she, I don't think um, that racist taunts should have been levied at this woman. I, I no. think that was... It's not that serious. But... I mean it's it's serious. it is serious enough for me though in the sense of I don't care what your ethnicity is, just give a decent representation of what that character is supposed to look
5: like. Yeah. That's that's pretty simple, yes. <laughs> no it complication not be co- there.
2: It should it should not be complicated. So uh and lastly, Jessica Jones gets a third season. And it actually I, I I thought it was Repeat that again.
5: I said I'm all on board for that. Kristen in the lead, you know, doesn't thrill me, but I'm all on board for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm on board too. I mean, I didn't think it was as good as the first first season, but I thought it was adequate. And I like what happened with Trish because of the Hellcat yeah. connection. And we don't quite know what her power set's going to be, but she's she's always wanted that. So we'll see how that interaction will play out. I mean, it seems like their friendship is taking a hit because she killed her mother, but somebody had to do it.
5: So, well, you kind of spoiled it, but okay. <laughs> um, oh, well, come on. You know, well, we have we have that situation that's kind of a cliffhanger. How's it? We have uh, Trish, since you know, since we've already kind of who might have superpowers. I'm curious to know how Jessica's relationship with uh, the guy down in the hall from her is going to work my man uh malcolm he looks like he's making some moves i mean this is a, i'm i'm dying to see what happens uh next next year or whenever it comes out
2: yeah it with these series you never know it might be 2020 i don't know if you see
5: malcolm know. he malcolm was on his respectability politics wasn't he he <laughs> yeah. from the puffed up dreads in the t shirts to, oh, I need a job. Let me get this suit on. <laughs> well, Let me get, he got on to Justin Timberlake he, as long as he had that suit and tie.
2: Again, we saw Mark Zuckerberg practice respectability politics when it came down to <laughs> protecting his country, I mean, his company. He's protecting his, you know, he's worth like $66 billion. So, you know, he has enough money where he still can't even say F the government.
6: Right.
2: No hoodie for him there. So I I don't know why this why this respectability politics. I don't know why this is so controversial, and I don't know. You know something. I'll say this, and I'll leave on this note. Um, Ironically, about a month after I was at the Schomburg in '16, they had a respectability politics debate on that that self same stage at the Schomburg a month later, and it's available. I'll send you. I'll even send it to you. I thought I might have tweeted it out earlier, but anyway. They uh, they had a debate with um, Professor Randall Kennedy, who I believe is a pr- professor of law at the University of Pennsylvania or Harvard, one of the Ivy League schools. Mm-hmm. And and it was uh, I can't can re- can't, can't recollect like the the other um, combatants so to speak, the other debaters, but it's basically he was on, on the side of pro respectability politics, and there were others that were that were against respectability politics. And one of them, I believe, he works at the Schomburg. And uh, he might have some connection to the Muslims. I'm not sure. But anyway, I've seen him before. I think I've actually literally seen him there at the last convention. And he he had said that Malcolm X practiced respectability politics. And I think it changed the argument because if someone like him, because he was very upfront to white racists. He spoke eloquently. He was extremely polished, well-dressed, bow-ties, the whole scene with the, with the fruit of Islam. The fruit of Islam, they practice respectability politics, but you can't say that they're sellouts. You can't say that they're capitulating to white people. So what, do you, what, what can you say now? How you like me now? I'm on that team.
5: The man – had a suit and tie on and was holding the AK
1: forty-seven. Okay, that's
5: respectability politics. Come on.
2: Yeah, it is. It has nothing to do. Has nothing to do. The, the, the whole every time you hear these people talk, it's always the linchpin is we're doing this to please white people. Doesn't have to be that way. You can def, you can define respectability politics according to your own parameters, but the knee-jerk definition is always you're just doing this, you're just dressing this way, you're just speaking this way to make white people feel comfortable. That's not the case. Not all the time. Obviously, you had Dr. King on one side and Malcolm X on the other side. Both, they had had different perspectives, but both practiced a form of respectability politics.
5: So, you know, we're in trouble yep. I, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the problem with that is
2: I already told you it has something to do with, with Some of these folks that want, they want to have the freedom To be Embarrassing Or to be uh, ignorant or, or, or to express themselves However they want to express themselves And the benefits reap the fruits Of the labor of, of the people that normally Go in the RP direction they want to get. They want to get the same gains. Uh, Amber Rose wants to be Michelle Obama. Have the same the same kind of cred as Michelle Obama. Ain't gonna happen.
5: You well, want to walk. Yeah. You you want
2: to. You want to do your slut walk thing, and you want to. You want to be perceived the same way. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. C- continue taking pictures over that balcony. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll careful respect now, well. you might, yeah.
5: careful. You <laughs> might get another uh, tweet with that uh, with the lizard. <laughs>
1: yeah, well,
5: the lizard is what kids. it is.
2: I know, <laughs> it is what it is. I
5: respect it though. I ain't mad at you.
2: <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Q, as always, man. Appreciate you coming in. The captain had a, had to a step. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Going out on, believe it or not, more Prince. This is Prince Annie Christian Punk version, 1982. Uh. It is what it is. (laughs) Wednesday, folks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Q.